Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. It's so cool. It's best <laughs> film ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Liam. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. Just us two. Man, we are kicking it old school on this one. We are. Quite fitting for the movie, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. The movie's about two people against the world, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Hey, who's who, though? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just checking. We're, we're, we, we are doing When Harry Met Sally, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thelma Louise. Was that a true romance? I saw Brad Pitt. It was Thelma Louise, right? Yeah, Brad Pitt, he was. That's right. <laughs> no, we are doing true romance. True romance. I'll tell you what. Um, I was talking to a coworker on the way, and they said, what are you doing this weekend? And I tend not to go. They don't, they don't really know. I don't think they know. Mm. Some of my coworkers know, but I don't think it's like a common thing. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So I just don't really say I'm having some friends over to watch a movie. It's kind of the way I frame it. And I said, oh, well, we're watching a true romance this week. And she went, that's my favorite film. And I was like, how has this never come up? Uh, she, mad, she teaches film with me. So, like, we're always talking movies in some capacity. Ah. We probably talk more social. We're just talking. We're probably talking more about TV than we yeah. are about movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But we do talk a lot about movies, but somehow I never knew True Romance was her favorite film. So it kind of jeeped yeah. me up before I watched this. Oh, that's good. As a result, I was like, oh. Because I, I was already kind of all right for it because yeah. it's Tarantino. Uh, written, well, written. Written, yeah. And then I was like, all right, here we go. Then I heard that. I was like, oh. So we'll have to see if that, if that held up. Well, this is my, my second watch for this. I remember watching it back in the day, loving it back in the day, but I didn't know that was only written by Quentin. Is that right? Quentin, yeah. Quentin Tarantino. So, yeah. Uh, oh, you thought it was both at the time? I thought he directed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. But when you actually watch it now, you can go, oh, yeah. Oh, there was one... We got Hasn't it got a lot? There was one massive thing where I'm like, all right, you can tell who directed this. Yeah, that's yeah. very Top Gun, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's the same thing, but we'll get to it. We get to it. Oh, I can't wait. That's so, uh, in case you didn't catch us uh, or you forgot what we did last week, quite fitting, we did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Go we check that did. out with BFF at the BFE, Hermes Oslander. He likes to take us on a long ride, doesn't he? I'll tell you. We'll talk about reflections and corrections Jeez. in a minute. There's something <laughs> definitely there. He's, he's laughing out there because he knows there's four hours plus, isn't it? He's just one of many people out there who are uh, friends of the podcast. Yeah. Our Patreon supporters, our Patreon backers. I'm talking about Julene. All right. The aforementioned Hermes Oslander. Yeah. James DeGuzman. All right. Lena Oberholzer. I hear you. Uh, Ensign Davies. Woo. Uh, Chris Peterson. All right. Uh, Randall, what's your handle? Silva. Hell yeah. Uh, Dwayne Smith. Chris. Dwayne Smith. The Yeetmeister. Woo. Reverend Bruce. All righty. Nate the Great. Yeah. Andy Dixon. That's what I'm talking about. Holly Callan. Yeah. Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. Our resident curmudgeon. Uh, Richard. Yep, the cool cat himself. <laughs> Ryan Kukets. Dirk, but his friends call him... Diggler. The shy guy, shy burger friend. Shy guy, shy guy. Stu from the Stu World Order production podcast. Oh, yeah. And all the way from Norfolk, Dom. Hey, Dom. I'm going to call him Norfolk Domus. Norfolk, Norfolk Domus. <laughs> <laughs> the all-seeing, all-knowing That's Norfolk funny. Domus. Maybe the youngest of our Patreon backers. Oh, really? He's going to uni. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. He was saying he was just going back up to uni. Uh, update. His hand was not that bad of a slice. 
He said, I'm, it's okay, everybody. Good, he, good, good. He didn't, he didn't bleed out while he was tweeting at us. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. He was way too active this week for that to be the case. So, yeah, there we go. <gasps> oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> so, so, what's happened, everybody? <laughs> That's quite funny. Scared the shit out of me. That's quite funny. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We've got polar guys. We've got an invisible murderer in the house. <laughs> So Leo, I had the door open because I was hoovering and doing some stuff, and I got a couple things from the car, and I thought, oh, the air movement's quite nice. I'll just leave this here. Well, Liam, when he came in, went, should we leave the door open? I was like, yeah, the air movement sounds all right. A couple about well, it was almost eight weeks ago now. Liam came around for the birthday episode, the, yeah, saving, did, yeah. the saving Private Ryan version, and brought me a Mylar balloon for my birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> It's weighed down by something at the bottom, but the wind, I guess, blew it so it him from behind. Oh, and he responded like he was being assaulted. I was like, who the fuck's that? You know, uh, you'd have done well against the Sicilians. That's uh, all I got to say. Jeez. <laughs> but back to, hey, I tell you what, Norfolk Domus might have been able to foresee that happening. Yeah, absolutely. And then the door slammed. And then the door slammed because of the uh, the, the wind. I don't know how to call that, but there's that effect where basically it pulls as it blows. It, yeah, uh, yeah, If you know what that means, folks, help me out. I teach English. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to know how you keep the lights on here at the Studio of Awesomeness and uh, keep that sweet, sweet BFE content from the microphone to your ears two times a week and the Myler balloons hitting Liam's ear from time to time, <laughs> please consider joining the Patreon. You can get in the door for as little as, little as three pounds. British, that's about four U.S. dollars. Five bucks Canadian. Other currencies are available. Cool. Indeed. Um, I'll tell you what, Ethan sent me a proof of the, uh, of the Patreon gifts for the BFs and the BFFs. Cool. Uh, just this morning, I was going back with some things, so I think they're about ready to be uh, sent. I'm very happy to announce no middleman this time. <laughs> you can ship them direct. You should be able to, shouldn't you? He's learning. Okay. <laughs> you hear that, Ethan? <laughs> uh, You're learning. Ethan's on holiday for a couple of weeks, so he's joining us back. Uh, start of the month in October, so we're looking forward to having him back. Uh, always missed. Yeah, yeah always we're, missed. We're always looking missed. forward to having you back. You won't be here for that one. There's a little spoiler. Oh. You're not here October 1st. Oh, we're not. It's one of the ones we've had to divvy up. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, like, cutting you. You're kicking me off. Yeah, it was just yeah. exactly what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Uh, there we are. Oh, there's a little message to sort of put things on sound. I really should get a uh, a recording of Georgia doing this, but in the spirit of Georgia, birthday, 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 woo, woo, woo. It's <laughs> a happy birthday to Reverend Bruce. Hey, Reverend Bruce. Is that today? It's uh, as it gets released. I'm trying to remember what, figure out what day it is today. Today, today is, is the, Sunday the 17th. Okay, so Tuesday will be the 19th. So it will be Saturday. This Saturday coming. Oh, wow. This Saturday coming will be Reverend Bruce's birthday. So I don't have a happy birthday track, but I can probably at least let him know we're thinking about him with a little... Uh, oh, come on. Move off to the next bank. To you. <laughs> we could have gone um, hallelujah, but it's happy birthday, couldn't we? Could we do that? Happy birthday. Yeah, that, yeah. This is what it's like trying to keep Liam on um, melody and we're doing a show together. <laughs> Did you see how my eyebrows raised? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a very happy. Also, also, oh, yeah. Happy birthday. A very yeah. happy 35th birthday to Reverend Bruce. <laughs> Reverend Bruce in uh, Hurricane Alley right now. He sent this graphic and tagged us in it, and it's like all of these hurricanes are like scheduled to hit like mid coastal Maine, which I guess is where he's having his holiday right now. Wow! Be careful out there, so Reverend Bruce, batten down the hatches. Yeah, please do. Uh, Wherever you are, stay safe. 
stay safe. safe. We need the RB in our life. We do. Who we else do, is going to do those Boston accents for Absolutely. us? Absolutely. That's right. It's also my dad's birthday today. Today isn't today today. Today today. As we record this. Yeah, the 17th. Oh, very yeah. nice. Yeah. 68 today. 68? Yeah. Love him. Bless him. Oh, my stepdad just had a birthday. I think he's 69. Wow. Yeah. That's just about right, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Being the same age and Yeah, stuff. it's weird because you freeze people in time in your head, or at least I do, because I'm not, it's been years since I've been home. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's difficult. And he, he doesn't do like FaceTime or nothing like that. No, so, no. no, so he's sort of frozen in this almost like before I moved to England place. So in my head, he's kind of in his late 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. it's weird because I... Um, but then in, in my head, I'm in my early th- early 30s. So I'm, there we are. I'm in my early 20s. <laughs> yeah, if that. I can remember my dad wearing a T-shirt um, and that said 35 on it. And that was the age he was at that time. I hope so, Russell. It's a confusing shirt. Yeah, I know, right? I'm older than that now, and I still think 35 every time I think of his age. That's an excellent point. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, because you do that number and relate it to like a paternal presence. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I don't have a kid, so I should feel, I probably feel artificially young as a result of that. <laughs> yeah. Same. Oh, people say I look young for my age. I think it's that. Yeah. I think it's that. Yeah. So there we are. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Dad. All over the world, wherever yeah. you are. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Speaking of all over the world, do a little chart. All around the world. Gotta spread the word. We didn't really talk about it at the end of August, so I thought I'd just sort of take a look at the top 10 countries that we, because uh, just me and you. Yeah, we, why not? We, we have no excuse if it runs long. It's it's really, we've taken away all the other variables. Mm-hmm. It's probably me, but anyway, <laughs> for the time being, I can hold on to it not being. Top 10 places that we had downloads in two th- sorry, in August 2023. You want to have a go? Okay. Um, America? Number two. Really? Usually number one, yeah. Yeah. Or UK then? Yeah, number one. Okay. Yep, so one and two. Uh, Canada? Canada. Four. Four. Okay. Um, Ghana? No. No? Very very interesting choice. I know. I thought I'd go somewhere a bit different. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Belgium? Belgium. Interesting. Uh, No, not Belgium. You're in the right part of the world, though. Yeah. There's a few around there. Germany? Germany, number five. Ooh. Uh, France? No, not France. No. Uh, Austria? Austria, no, but again, you're in the right part of the world. Ooh. You know my geography's not strong, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Sweden? No, no. That's a bit further up, isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're a bit north now. We need to come yeah, back down. Yeah, come back down. Okay. Um, Scandin- Holland? Well, Holland's not in Scandinavia, but you are right. The Netherlands is number six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. But, um, cause they're called different places now, aren't they? The Netherlands and Holland? They're still used interchangeably. Like, for like football, it's still Holland. Yeah. But the never I don't know I don't know what the difference is. Someone go ahead and tell us why they're two different names. I have no idea. No. But the United Kingdom and Great Britain. I mean is Great Britain not including Ireland? Is that the way that works? Uh Ireland is Northern Ireland is used. Northern Ireland's UK. I don't yeah. is it G B? Yes. Are those interchangeable? Yes. Okay. I'm assuming. And uh Southern Ireland is not a part So it starts Southern Ireland's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course England and Scotland and Wales. Oh my. So so Ireland? <laughs> nope. Some we, let's go ahead and uh, knock this off. Like this. Number three, David from Scriptical would say, good eye. Oh, Australia. Number Why did I not think that? Yeah. Uh, number seven, uh, the 1988 Summer Olympics. There's a weird reference. 1988 Summer Olympics. Yeah. Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. Um, Rio. No, no, that would be the 2012. Oh, that was the 2008. Um, 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 uh, I don't know. Can't sing, but I've got soul. Where's Seoul? Mexico. 
Seoul's not in Mexico. Oh, oh so um, Seoul's in South Korea, dude. South Korea, <laughs> South Korea. <laughs> number eight in Europe, Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. Number nine, South Africa. South Africa. That's who I was thinking of. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And number ten, Singapore. Oh, Singapore, of course. Sometimes in the Philippines, we we get. We do, chart, we do, we? we we chart. This was just total downloads, full stop. Oh, okay, regardless yeah, yeah. of chart position, that was that. Oh, okay. Any yeah. device. Yep, yep. Apple, Spotify, whatever. I apologize um, out there. My geography is shocking. I'll say this: we're halfway through September. Our number one country this month is yeah. not the U.S. and it's not the U.K. Ooh, Australia. Australia's our number one right oh. now. Really weird. Good eye. Good eye indeed. Thank you very much. Throw a shrimp on the barbie for us, everybody. <laughs> the BFE. No, what do they say? Um, Risotto? Do they say that? Ris- we of, say risotto. So yes. do they say risotto? Sure. I have an Australian guy who just started uh, with us at work. Ask I'll him. ask him. Ask yeah, him. Yeah. Do you say risotto? He's a, he, that's actually not a bad accent. He's <laughs> he's all right. He's really laid back. I think he's filling that stereotype. <laughs> I, think, I think all Australians are laid back. Um, five top U.S. states. You want to have a go at that? Oh, God. Um, uh, California? Number one. Yeah. Which would also be the number five country on the list if it was its really? own country. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, number two is someone's namesake oh georgia yeah yeah always does well i wonder if there's a link to that i really do must be because it's not like it's not like by by population it wouldn't qualify on its own like it wouldn't it's you'd think there's bigger populated states yeah number three sorry iowa what a strange choice it's a state but yeah okay very strange choice detroit is is in michigan Michigan, yeah, no. Michigan. No, but yeah. good guess, because yeah. it's close to where I'm from. Uh, number three, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Oh, Texas. Yep. Yeah, All yeah. my exes live in Texas. <laughs> number four. Wasn't uh, that Brooke? Um, um, Garth Brooks, that one. Uh, what, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys? No, the exes in Texas. I have no idea. Oh, Maybe. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, Garth Brooks, you give me a perfect segue. He talked about oh, operator. Can you put me on through? I want to send my love down to Baton Rouge. Where's Baton, Baton Rouge? Rouge? Baton Rouge. New Orleans. New Orleans is also a city in the same state. How oh, is it? New Orleans is in uh, um, um, named um, after um, a French king. Um, 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 Louis. Yeah. So the state would be Kentucky. Louis. No. Louis. 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 Saint Louis. Um, I'll say um, Louis um, State. Um, Louisville is also Louisiana. a city. Sorry, Louisiana. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. I got it. For the record, St. Louis, I meant to say city, folks, not state. I'm aware. St. Louis is in Missouri. You can see the panic in my face, can't you? And number five, start spreading the news. The city's so nice, they named it twice. New York, New York, New York. There we go, baby. Yay. My uh, sister's in New York at the moment. I won't do the game of Canadian provinces with you because we'll be here all day. Yeah. Uh, number three, Alberta. Number two, Nova Scotia, which is where AJ's from. How are you doing, AJ? Hey, AJ. And number one, Ontario, Canada. Oh, I got that one. Which is where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, it would have also been the number five uh, nation. Uh, it had more downloads than California did. So, oh, yeah. I must be picking up on your accent then. It must be. Must be. <laughs> like, hey, sounds like one of us. So there we go. Uh, time That's for, cool. Yeah, I thought I'd sort of bring that out. Yeah. Uh, so wherever you are in the world, if you're listening to BFE, thanks a lot. And if you, hey, if we didn't name you, get a hold of us on the Twitter, at Pod. Let us know where you're listening from. Yeah. It's always interesting to know where people are listening from. I love it, especially the most uh, random of places. There was one. I forget who the listener was. Apologies. Um, when we used to do the quizzes, mm-hmm. there was one person who's really up for it, but we just couldn't be the time zones work because they were in, like, the Philippines. Uh, and I was okay. like, yeah, I just don't see how. That's I kind of base around, you know, West Coast, East Coast, England. And then if someone's willing to wake up at stupid o'clock to join us, that's yeah. fine. But mm-hmm. it's kind of the three time zones they got to prioritize. Um, UK time, because it's me. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do stupid I'm, ca- I'm kind of the constant. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way I'm waking up at three in the morning, the host. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen when you're tired. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just switch off. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Very there was, quickly. There was yeah, a while, I, was, I don't know when it was, maybe it was while the football was going on. Everybody was being really loud. And I was just like, I'm tired now. And I just stop. You do. And I just got really quiet. You do. And yeah. you smile when you're tired. Do I? Yeah. You smile. And you go, yeah. <laughs> and you go, you're not listening. I you? don't yeah. forward the conversation. <laughs> you don't, no. No. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, time for some reflections and corrections. Very good. We want to thank Hermes again yes, for joining you, us. Uh, we want to plug the Scuttlebutt podcast. If you enjoyed Hermes, and how could you not? It really is easy. Uh, having a conversation with Hermes. I, I, there's no hyperbole in that from our end at all. Not at all, no. Uh, why don't you go ahead and check out the Scuttlebutt podcast. Uh, the link is now correct. Apparently, it wasn't correct when I, I pushed the episode out, and he got a hold of me, and I'm like, a thousand apologies. Yeah, we're sorry. It is absolutely fixed. I, I thought it was a really enjoyable show um, last week. Um, Do you know why I think they flow so well with Hermes? I think it's because why they go i mean why they go so long is because they flow so well <laughs> and, we're, and we're just engaging in conversation that's what this is all about in it just conversation and you lose time and forget the time yeah absolutely i think that's what it is and he's one who's he's not one to go no if you go yes he's determined to go no he's willing to kind of say no and explain his side yeah and you guys explain your side maybe he'll try and then reach like a consensus and i'll go no i don't want to reach a consensus and but he's pushing the conversation forward, so it feels natural in a way that maybe um, oh, I don't want to name members of the pod, but maybe if one of us was named after an American state, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'd just be more inclined to go no, <laughs> yeah, or absolutely. would go you can't say I'm wrong. Well, no, I think I can say you're wrong, and that's great when he um, goes head to head with you, and um, he doesn't do it for. Um, effect. He does it because he believes in what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I like it when you don't get to an agreement and he'll go, with all due respect, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> he's so polite. I love it. And I was, and I know I can go there with him. So at one point, I remember I was listening back. I was going, I said, with all due respect, you're answering a question I haven't asked. Yeah. And then I restated the question again. <laughs> and it's great. And if we decide we come to a consensus, awesome. And if we decide we don't, and if he's wrong, that's okay too. And if he's wrong, and if he's he, wrong, he backs up. He, he does. Yeah. 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 No, I got some time and respect for uh, great time for Hermes. He's a great listen. He's a great conversation. Uh, like I said, if you're not listening to it, go check out the scuttlebutt. Absolutely. Uh, overall, though, I thought the app was really, really good. Uh, yeah. Lots, lots of thoughts on it. Uh, we got some sh- love here from Andy Dixon, who says, hey, love, love Hermes episodes where it's tangents galore with a sprinkling of the film. <laughs> There's always tangents. Yeah, it really was more tangent heavy <laughs> than film. What about a BFE off script featuring Patreon members? Should that be on the cards? And Ooh. I was, uh, it's just weird they said that because I was driving home from work, listening to the uh, episode and going, this conversation goes gone to so many random places. We should just do this. We should just have, open it up patreon backers those who can make it great uh although it's really hard to get people to do anything on a sunday is the hard part now yes it is so it yeah. might be a thing where i go look i'm gonna do it with some of the patreon backers on a saturday night yeah. and if people can make it great and if they can't no hard feelings yeah yeah but let's just do it like that and uh it's one funny because uh poet lord of the podcast Dwayne smith Dwayne smith he also said yeah i was thinking the same thing so uh yeah i think keep an eye out in the patreon chat folks uh i think i'm gonna do that it's like the stars are we'll, aligning. We'll do that at some point because uh, I think it's a. It's easy content. B. We love engaging with our with our uh, Patreon backers. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. because they're interesting people in their own right. Them. Yeah, you get to know great. them as people as personalities. Yes. 
you know, I've really enjoyed Andy Dixon's one. I've really got to get, yeah. enjoy getting to know over the last few months. <laughs> he's a funny guy. <laughs> he's, very, he's a patient guy too. <laughs> very patient. <laughs> so I'm going to feel bad about that for Amazing. So uh, there's that. Uh, we've also got uh, AJ who said, oh, hey, AJ. AJ from, do I still have it queued up? I think I still have it queued up. Canada. Did I do that right? You did. Oh, said I really enjoyed the episode. Thank you. It's a really good character study, even though I couldn't find many characters I liked. The movie itself was amazing. Uh, we had a conversation about trading roles in the movies, and I looked really hard for about five minutes to see if Winslet and Carrie intentionally switched roles at the start of production. Oh, okay. As has been suggested, I looked with intent. Now, I only looked for about five minutes, but I looked yeah, for yeah. most things for about two minutes on the mm-hmm. internet and find it. So if it's if it's out there, I couldn't find it easily. Not at all. No one else has written about it. None of the keywords hit. Now, David from Skeptical says on his pod, they talk about it. So if uh, people are interested, go ahead and check that out. Um, yeah. I didn't have the window to do that today, unfortunately. But no. uh, only so many hours in the day. Absolutely. So there we go. Uh, David from Skeptical says, Aussies call underwear for females, which is, I am assuming, which mm-hmm. is the conversation, undies. Undies, yeah. I uh, wonder if Georgia finds that gross. I will ask her later. Undies ain't gross, is it? It's just... It's a fun word again. I don't it? see that being. There's something because the word we talked about was panties, wasn't panties, it? Panties, yeah. And there's something awfully childlike about that. That word, childlike, naughty. It's a mix of sexualization yeah. with infantilization. Yeah. That's a bit weird. It's, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I fully acknowledge. Like I, I used to live in Canada and didn't really. It was just what they were called. Mm-hmm. But then having that step outside of it, living over here, I'm going. It's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, David continues. I feel like Mark Ruffalo was the one that did Mary's procedure. Okay, so now we're talking about the. Uh, oh yes, yes, because he said no, didn't he? Uh, I feel like Mark Ruffalo was the one that did Mary's procedure, and he uses what he knows from it, like Patrick does on Clem, and that is why it is not a problem with Patrick uh, doing it. I know he plays as a goodish guy, but I think he's not what he seems, and I suspect he has taken advantage before. Four. Um, I it's not the feeling I got. Though. Put a well. Actually, you and Hermes were both saying he he knows. Yeah, he knows. He knows, but I don't think he had taken advantage before. Or yeah, because I think you look from that perspective. I think you look at this, and because he said it was weird with um, Elijah Wood doing his nicking the 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 knickers. Yeah, the knickers. <laughs> the, the undies. The undies, yeah. Um, he thought that was, you know, he and if he yeah, he laughs at the end, but yeah, he wouldn't have challenged it. I think no. So, uh, whereas I felt that he was telling the truth the whole time, yeah. And uh, so I put a poll out there as I'm as known you do. to do. I don't think I have a sound effect for it at this point. Uh, no, I'll have to do this instead. Wow! I, I don't have my usual uh, <laughs> poll sort of sound. Ethan's still here instead. Ethan's wah, is there instead. <laughs> uh, I meant to replace that actually and have the poll sound and put it back. Um, uh, it was about eighty percent of people agree with you. Oh, okay. Twenty percent agree with me. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm the voice of the people. You're the voice of the people. Remember, the, the, the people also made it in sync a number one act. Let's not forget that, yeah? <laughs> Doesn't speak for quality. Ooh. But, uh, no, no, no. So there we go. You're the IMDb. I'm the Rotten Tomatoes of this uh, of this right, tandem okay. here. Uh, uh, but that mean, we learned in the last few weeks that Rotten Tomatoes can definitely be skewed. So there we go. You say tomatoes, I say tomatoes. That's right. Uh, I say beetroot these days, don't I? Beetroot, yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, where else are we at here? I've got a question here. Yep. This is a, a mistake I think the film's made. Okay. So I'm not going to push it for us. It's the film. Yep. I was thinking about this. Jim Carrey's sitting in the office at one point at Lacuna. Yeah. And someone, woman picks up the phone and goes, ma'am, you can't have the procedure done three times in one month. Yep. Isn't the whole point of them doing it at Jim Carrey's house so he doesn't remember the procedure was done? Yes. So how does this woman know she's already had it twice in the same month? And if she did, then why would you tell her? Unless he's subliminally remembering. Was the woman on the phone, not him? Oh, yes. So she phones and says, I want to do it. Like, isn't it violating the procedure to say you've had it done twice already? Yeah. Just saying. Yes. Just saying. Well thought. Well, I try. I try. (laughs) You know, um, you know, is is it that hard to write a movie? I don't know if it's that hard to write a movie. Well, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. Going back to True Romance, what a script. What a script. Yeah. But we're not done yet. Some general shout outs. Reverend Bruce, we already said it. Stay safe out there. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, A happy birthday month also to friend of the podcast in, well, that is our friend. Carlo. Hey, Carlo. Happy birthday. Check out the latest episode of The Movie Loot, where you'll find me in a very brief cameo on it. I shared some thoughts on a film he reviewed. So about a two minute. uh, It's like two minutes. (laughs) It's a two minute monologue (laughs) about an Italian film called Il Conformista. I had to do it at uni. Oh, did you? So I recommended it to my awesome list. He said, here's a list. I started watching these. I said, watch The Conformist. It's good. And then he's like, hey, can you give some thoughts? I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this since uni. So I had you to go another watch. So I had to go back and watch the whole thing. Yeah, I went back to because it was obviously it was Italian as well. Uh, I went back oh, to and went. I went. So I watched. The, uh, I went back to Wikipedia and I got myself familiar with the plot again. I went, yeah, okay, what happens is more or less what I, what I remember happening. And then I went and checked out the beginning and the ending, and I, I forgot how great the score is. The score is very sexy, and I looked at it and I'm like, okay, this is very. It's interesting to look back now, but I've been basically uh, analyzing films professionally mm-hmm. in the sense that I, I i teach it yep for about 10 years now so looking at it i went oh this is very godfather i'd be very curious to see if coppola got any inspiration from this and Maybe. did some research and yeah, 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 he, did, yeah. He, did. he did oh he did yeah and then i was able to see things in the cinematography and how it mirrored what the character was doing yep like he was breaking the 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 director Bertolucci was breaking uh, cinematic convention, but I'm like I think he's doing it because the guy the characters he he's a conformist he flip flops his ideologies both with sexuality and with uh, political affiliation he's a yep. fascist and then he switches to not being a fascist spoilers, yep. <laughs> but he's also like happily married finger quotes. Um. And saying all the things like a straight guy would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's also like drawn to these men and having sexual encounters with them. So I'm mm. like, okay, these are all, I can see what he's doing visually to reinforce this, but it's a very, the seventies are a weird time for film. Yeah. The seventies is a weird decade where I they're pushing love, every boundary. I love the seventies. The seventies unsettle me. Oh, I love it. I'm trying to think of a, like, I like the, I like the conformist. I do. I do. <laughs> but for the most part, films from the seventies just kind of disrupt me. <laughs> yeah that's probably why i like him oh jeez! i'll tell you what's a great soundtrack if we ever do it once upon a time in america okay that's a that's a great soundtrack to that. and that's all um instrumental and uh kind of um italian oh, okay yeah cool. i really like it shoot me the godfather one day oh it's amazing goodness. to think we're episode 192 and we haven't touched the godfather oh no that's nuts isn't it no godfather no schindler's list Ooh. yeah no pretty bigger huh? mm. 
Um, what else do we have for general shout-outs? Russell the Post, he says. I keep hey, to, Russell. I keep meaning to tell you, Ian, that my eldest daughter has just started studying media studies as one of her GCSE options. They looked at camera shots from Top Gun today. But teacher she has has also revealed that he has face blindness. <laughs> so there you go. A little bit See, mixed Georgia, you're not the only one. Not the only one. And you'll be living without it. There you go. David from Scriptical says, loving the tangent and impromptu quiz. You got two out of three. Didn't know Mrs. Maisel. Go watch Mrs. Maisel. Oh, that's great. Gift of the week. Tears might be the highest quality we've ever had. Ooh. It's really hard. I still haven't decided on a winner yet. Anthony and Davies uh, is a great scene from one of the Star Trek movies where Data starts to cry. It's a good shout there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dom. Notre Damas. Yep. Notre Damas. Blade Runner. Like tears oh. in the rain. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. I was hoping someone would do something a little bit like lateral thinking. AJ, Tears for Fear's Mad World. Wow, that's good. That's good. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. He gets me. Janice, trying to stop from crying on Friends. Uh, Josh, in his next favorite movie, did some wrestling New Day. I'm sorry, Josh. The field's too strong. You're not getting it this week. (laughs) (laughs) Dirk, his friends call him Diggler. Sorry, dude. I don't get the reference. It was some sort of claymation-looking thing. Um, It was... It was a humorous enough thing, but it was just way too strong. Also, sorry, not, not it's not going to happen this week to our queen of the gift, Kara. Sorry, it was a Johnny Depp thing where he's crying in one of his early movies. Oh, that's Crybaby. Is it? Yeah, I'm assuming. The fact that it's called Crybaby, not bad, but again, yeah. it's not. Because Chris Peterson also had something from Seinfeld. He said, what's the salty discharge coming out of my eyes? I loved that. It's <laughs> really, really hard. I'm going to go third place. Oh, man. Strong, in it? Third place of uh, a sitcom. I'm going to pair them together. Um, Janice and Seinfeld. I thought they were both going to win when I first saw them. I did. They were just that funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go second place. I'm going to go AJ Mad World. Tears yeah. of Fears. It's, yeah. it's so strong. Yeah. How can it not be Blade Runner like Tears and Rain? great. Did you know he came up with that on the spot? Who? Uh, Dol- Is it Dolph Lundgren? No, no. Who um, was what's his name? Uh, uh, Rutger Hauer. Uh, that's it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I say on the spot. He probably thought about it and then went and shot it rather yeah. than just. But yeah, we did a whole episode on it, folks. Go check it out. Oh, love I, I love it when it gets meta and people refer stuff we already done. Yeah. A different, a strong honorable mention could have been a bronze as well for Anthony with the with the data one. That was such an oh, important I moment. I remember that, and I'm not even a Star Trek fan. That's such an important moment in the Star it Trek was. thing because yeah, yeah, he yeah. goes, I, I, I'm, 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 he says he thinks his emotion chips malfunctioning because he's happy but he's crying. Yeah, and they go, the emotion chips working just fine because <laughs> he's found this cat that he thought yeah. he'd lost. Yeah, spot. I believe the name of the cat was. So there you go. Why not leave us a review app or Spotify? I hear five stars is a nice number. Five is the magic number. Yes, it is. Oh, I've forgotten where I've put my uh, put my wipe. All right, here it is. Checking in with the morning report. And of course, I meant drop, not wipe. Wipe would be a visual thing. Yeah, that happens. Yes. All right. So, can we talk about this for two minutes? We oh, can. Drew Barrymore. Have you heard about this? Nope. Drew Barrymore hosts a talk show, a, yes. a daytime talk show. Think Ellen. Yes. Right? I think I've seen clips from it. Actually, what's funny enough, I watched a clip of it for, for today's episode. Oh. and um, But she's brought her show back during the strike of writers and actors. Oh. And, uh, and uh, has come under significant fire. Really? She put out a video saying, basically, other people have jobs on the show. Uh, to continue strike action 
and not to put out a show would be to deprive camera operators, producers, crew mm-hmm. members of their livelihood. Yeah. Put out a video, the whole nine yards, just her from her from her house, nothing nothing fancy, so it doesn't muddy the message. Owned it, as far as whatever saying I own it means. Yep. Um, come under some pretty savage fire. Really? Alyssa Milano was one. I saw Bradley Whitford's was scathing. I was going to say, are they really high-profile people? <sighs> Bradley Whitford. Remember when we did uh, Get Out? Yep. He was the dad mm. in the family. He was also on the West Wing. He's Parks and Rec. He was one of the, the I don't know, what do they call them? Council members. Yep. Uh, came in and went, hey, it was basically like, hey, guys, we take it on Drew. She's having like a really bad week. And I was like, oh, it's savage. Ooh. Oh, he says something like, ignore the fact that she scabbed out on the writers and the actors in the most important bit of Hollywood uh, negotiations ever. She's having like a really hard week. And I was like, wow, <laughs> he's a smart guy. Like you don't want to go to war with him. No, She's yeah. taken the video down since. Really? Yeah. So um, is she not doing it then? She's not. I don't know if she's keeping the show going. She's just taking down her apology video. Oh, okay. Kind of a in-house, it's not an ad, but it's not not an ad. It's kind of this weird, like, in-between ad. Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, we were we were approached by a company called Magic Mike. No, Magic Mind. <laughs> Magic Mind, not Magic Mike. That's given out a different... Uh... Apologies. <laughs> Apologies to Magic Mind. We, 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 we are a film podcast. Uh, and they kind of uh, sell these, uh, I don't even know what to call it, a, a, a cordial, a... I'd say a, it's a, a smoothie-esque, smoothie-esque, yes, kind of uh, beverage. It's very, it's a small, it's a small shot. It's probably about, I don't know, does it say on there eighty mils or something like that? I would guess. I don't know. No, I can't read it. Um, but what they so so they said, hey, are you up for having having a a box of the stuff, which we did not pay for? It was it was sent to us by Magic Mind. Yeah. And just talk about your thoughts on on the pod. And they uh, they promise to um, produce a flow state um, that will that will um, come out. So you'll be more focused, not just energy, but more so focus. Uh, I'm a teacher, so I'm 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 sort of mentally working on things all day long, and I'm used mm-hmm. to coming home and being empty. I'll say this: I don't know. I tried to go a couple of days with, without it, a couple of days with it to see sort of what, what the version of it would be. I felt more alert when I got home. Yep. Most of the days. Not every day. Most yep. of the days. Yep. Um, but uh, so, so it's hard to go. So I'm trying to of, of, of some sort of one week into I got three or four over the kick causes several days in the week. Yep. So I'm going to do it again this week as well and try to do not on it and on it and see kind of see how you go. Yeah. I believe I can feel a positive version thereof. Yep. As a result. But it's hard to sort of at five o'clock to go this thing I took at nine AM with my coffee <laughs> yeah. is still paying off with this focus because I have a very uh communication heavy job and therefore I don't feel that um I'm lacking in focus whilst I'm delivering content while I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's more like when my meetings and all that stuff are over, do I feel like I have anything left of the tank? Yep. And I felt that I did. But that's where I'm at. Yeah, I I felt um, I didn't yawn as much. I felt, um, I'd say a slight positive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, um, again, like you get to a certain time. I think 
because my job involves you know talking micro conversations with people um i've i felt alert i felt um yeah i i probably need to do what you're doing i probably need to do a week on a week off and see where i'm where i'm at rather than just a few days i think this is one of these things you you try for a bit and see where you go from there Mm -hmm. but yeah I, i feel there's a a positiveness to it yeah they call it a productivity shot so i guess my word of shot wasn't uh, necessarily incorrect there no is it more to keep you alert is it more to to be more productive productive so combat uh, stress yep i don't know about that <laughs> uh keeps me more focused and more productive so maybe that's something to keep an eye on going forward Obviously, um yeah. Yeah, uh, they, the, 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 the claims that are made according to their website. You can find out more at magicmind.com. And it um, tastes okay. It tastes, the taste is fine. It yeah, tastes yeah, like yeah, yeah. the That's ingredients like- that are in there. It tastes like you put a bunch of veggies and blended them up which and all is, that which stuff. Which is fine. It's which not, is fine. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't an unpleasant taste. It no. wasn't like I don't have to wince. I'm just like, oh, it tastes like. Yeah, it's not like, oh my God, I've got to drink this. No. It's, it's no? not too so bad. It's a nice little beverage. Yes. Uh, it's not, there's not enough in it to sort of savor at any point. I mean, it's kind of just down the hatch. <laughs> it is basically a shot, isn't it? Yeah. But did I'll, you do it all in one? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. But. Because I treat it like a shot. So, yeah, so I want to thank the people at Magic Mind for uh, hooking us up yeah, thank with, you. With, with a sample to sort of check out. And uh, we said if we liked it, we would talk about it on the pod. And yeah. so uh, we'll do this and we'll do a little bit more on it next week as well. Yeah. But just kind of thought it was, uh, we just, we've just wrapped up the episode. And I've, gone, I met, I've literally got the, the, the box of it beside the road <laughs> to, <laughs> to not remind. forget. Yeah. And you can tell I didn't have one today because I wasn't focused. There we are. There we are. There we are. So go ahead, take a look. Uh, do some research for yourself. We are not doctors, nor do we play them on TV, but we do analyze movies with people pretending to be doctors in it. Yes, we do. So based on that, there's that, amagicmind.com. Uh, take a look. Give some thoughts for yourself. Any questions, uh, you can hit us up on the Twitter at Twitter. Best Film Ever Pod. We'll return to the movie review and catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. Now it's time for weight game, weight game. Let's all play the weight game. So how are we I doing? should say weight gain, weight gain. Let's oh. all play the weight game. Uh, it was, uh, I knew it was to be bad because I moved from, um, I moved from weighing in the morning to weighing in after work yeah so that changes some things because now i've had breakfast and now i've had lunch yep yep and i've had coffee throughout the day or other things like that Mm -hmm. and then i knew i'd had a nice like final week before i went back i'd had chicken wings on a couple of occasions draft night all that sort of stuff so i knew it'd be high and so we got on the scale in the morning and went at home Mm -hmm. and so i got to the end and this woman was like oh how are you feeling you know she's the usual thing oh how are you because i've been going to a different meeting during the summer because it's this one that I'm going to is on my way home from work, but I'm not driving out there for no reason. It's the opposite end of where I would do anything. Yes, yes, yes. Makes sense. So I've been going instead to this place where there's, like, there's a grocery store nearby. I can do some other things while I'm there as mm-hmm. opposed to just driving in the middle of nowhere. Yep. I said, I'm all right. I said, I'm going to be up. I said, just so you know, I'm going to be up. Oh, I said, I think I'm going to be up double digits is what I think. Really? Yeah. And so I got in. I weighed. And, I, uh, and it was uh, up nine. So I was like, all right. Yeah, pretty much what I thought. Okay. And so I went, all right. On the and right it, side of the double digits. Like. Yeah. And I went, all right. And she's like, oh, no, do you, are you staying for group? And I went, no, I've got, I'm going to meet uh, somebody. I had a, I had plans to meet one of our mutual friends, actually. And uh, I was like, all right. Um, no, I'm not going to be here this week, but I'm fine. And she went, oh, you need some support? I said, no, no, I'm, I'm, I know exactly what happened. Yep. 
I know exactly what's going on. I've probably still got chicken. I made too many chicken wings. So I ate a whole bunch the next <laughs> night too. So without being gross, I got chicken wings in my system still. <laughs> That'll dissipate and we'll, and it'll be all right. Um, and she went, yeah, yeah. You, 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 if you tried, you could get it all off in one week. And I was like, what? I kind of went. supposed to be doing this gradually. I kind of went, no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not. I got, I'll definitely lose. Yeah. But one week, I said, I said that's a bit. I'm just trying to be really like, I'll see you, bye. But I'm like, no, no, I think one week's a bit much. Mm. Well, two weeks then. And I was like, I don't know why we're so determined to put a number on this. Like, if your theory is that if I don't put a number on it, I won't work towards it, you're crazy. You, ha- you, 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 haven't, you haven't got to know me at all. She doesn't know you, no. You're but I want, if it. anything, what you're doing is is you're frustrating me. Yeah. Because I feel pressure. Yeah. I remember I stayed for a meeting once. They, they usually do two sessions, an early session and an afternoon session. And I was like, I'm going to do the afternoon session. There's the sort of this later session this one time. And everybody was like, I don't want to put a number on it. And I was like, wow, we're just being a real kind of, kind of like quick to get to really defensive, maybe about the best way to put it. Yep. I'm like, guys, come on. Just trying to help. You know, what's your target for the week? You get to name your number. What's the huge deal? Yeah. You can say two pounds. That's fine. But when she went to me nine in one week and I was like, no, okay, I, I understood what they were saying now. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the pressure is for this. I'll come in down. And I will come in down. I'm going to be down like seven, eight, seven, eight pounds this week. I know I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm back to being on the plane with the chicken wing sort of process through. <laughs> and works great because everything is laid out for me. I know exactly what I'm going to have. And someone's making, and there's already a salad there. So like this is tuna salad thing. So I'm grabbing that and throwing an egg on it and all sorts yeah. of stuff. It's great. Yeah. But you know, you know yourself what you're like. You yep. know. And and like you say, sometimes you need these little um, free passes. It has to be that, or else you're not doing Otherwise, a lifestyle. You're no, just doing a diet. You are, yeah, yeah. Because at some point, I'm going to want. I, I met a friend last night who was going through some stuff and had uh, chicken wings and <clears throat> uh, had a beer and mm-hmm. sat and talked to him for a bit. Yeah, and shared a bit of my experience for his experience. Da 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 da. da. And um, but I don't want a situation where I'm like, oh, do you have a yeah. oh can i get a the jacket potato but can i get the no butter and can i get this on this no i'm like i'm out with a friend i need to be able to have those moments too yeah yeah, yeah. it's just about making sure i'm making the right decisions for those other in between times yeah so that's the one or two times I, something i'm doing a week as opposed to one or two times i'm eating healthy a week yep yeah so that's that so next week i got no doubts i'll be here saying i'm down like five's a minimum like like yeah. as of as of this morning i think it was like nine or ten you know oh, what I mean? Well, there we are, so yeah. she might be right. I don't want her to be right, but <laughs> but on the flip side, I also want to go. No, this isn't because you no, said this thing, and I and I laid this. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very right. And I was telling so. there's a woman at work who goes there with me, or we we, we won't go. You know what I mean? We're doing it together yes, in yes, the sense yes, yes, of yes, we're, yes. we're holding each other accountable. Yep. And I was saying to her, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, I'll be down and I'll be fine as far as that goes. But that's all I'm, I want to. All I care about is just I want to be down next week. That's it. Yeah, there's not a number. Just want to be down. Whatever the number is, whatever it is, is just is gravy. But yep. down is progress. Yep, yep. it's process, right? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's talk about. Are you ready for some football? Football. That's right. Week. We're ready to go into week number two mm-hmm. in the. And I felt, that's right. <laughs> we got some National Football League. Uh, let's just, before we talk about that, you and I talked about it a little bit last week. Go on. Let's take a listen. That's proof the algorithm. I'd like to say it's completely broken, but it predicted me to finish second. So I wanted to have some truth to it. No, I won't. It won't. Well, yeah. <laughs> I am predicted to beat you, but it's not a huge margin. I'm going to beat you this year. Are you? Yeah. You know what you need? 
What? Six kickers. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> I'm going to pause for a second. Uh, you did beat me last week. I did, yeah. The world has turned upside down. How cool is that? But, you know, um, Eckler, is that his name? Austin Eckler, Austin yeah. Austin Eckler. He's, he's injured at the moment. He is injured at the moment. Have you got to oh, take him out of your lineup? Yeah. Good. Oh, I actually. Put I him on your bench. Don't drop him. I ain't dropped Don't him. Don't drop him. Uh, while that goes on, let me just finish the rest of this clip here. No, I need Baker Mayfield. Uh, you can. I think Dwayne Smith's got Yeah, him. Dwayne did, yeah. <laughs> Do you know who's at the top of the standings? Is it Baker Mayfield? It's Dwayne Smith. Oh, Dwayne Smith <laughs> with Baker Mayfield. He's got Baker Mayfield on his team. Oh, uh. I was looking. Do you know three years ago when we first started this? I guess this must be our fourth year doing the BFE. Uh, yeah. Um, some sort of BFE fantasy football. Yep. Um, do you know how many teams we had at that point? Uh, what well, as like us? Yeah, as far as like people who were playing in the league, eight, eight, yeah. And now we're sixteen. That's nuts, isn't it? Like when you have eight, everybody's got a stack team. Yeah, like it's like which one of my all stars do I play this week? Yeah, as opposed to sixteen, where it's like okay, yeah. If you get an injury, like you're yeah, like like Austin Eckler is a big deal. Do you know I was the only member of the BFE not to win last week? Was you? I was. There's five of us. Well done, everybody. Five of us. Sorry, Ian. No, you're all right. <laughs> I'm reminded of uh, the song from Hamilton, which is also the song that was played at the end of the Re- American Revolutionary War, called The World Turned Upside Down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad I was the one to be. Oh, my word. I mean, I laid, hey. I laid an egg. I'm, I'm smiling about it still. Do you know the 16 teams? Do you know what place I'm in? Uh... 14th. 14th place. <laughs> <laughs> it is remarkable. Oh, I think I've got well, a... Oh, g- the mighty fall. They have. They have. Some of the people who are much you'll better be than yours. Dude, you'll be back. Do you know who the top BFE person is? Um, Megan. Ethan. Oh, well done, Ethan. Ethan's in fifth, and he's playing Reverend Bruce this week. Oh, what's the predictions? The birthday that? boy. I, I don't know. Actually, I don't have a look at the predictions. I've just got oh, the, uh, okay. the thing there. Maybe I'll look it up in a second. Uh, we've got Megan, who's called herself Team Kicker. Yeah, good on her. That she's in cool. sixth. That's one for each kicker wow. she had. Wow. She's got rid of a lot of her kickers. She got rid of five of them. I said, just yeah. keep one. <laughs> uh, she's playing Stu, who's in ninth. Oh, okay. Uh, Liam in seventh. Woo! Come on! He's playing Anthony and Davies at eleventh. Yeah, he's, making it so. He's looking at. He's looking to beat me. Though. Oh, is he really? What's what's the, what's the numbers at? Um, I think it's like quite a margin. To be fair, um, let's have a look. It is yeah, thirty-five to sixty-five. Okay, thirty-five, sixty-five. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a case, I'll, I'll beat him though. Well, yeah? I'll okay. come back. Yeah, yeah. In a case of t- <laughs> of two people who both got wins last week, Georgia. Yep. Lowest score to get a win. Oh. So there's lots of people who probably scored more points who just weren't up against her. Yeah, yeah. But she's eight. She got the win. Eighth against Ryan Kukets in second. Yeah. Cool Cat himself. I think the Cool Cat. Is the Cool Cat North American based? I think he is North American based. I think so. I think so. I forget. It's hard now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then. If we're wrong, we apologize. Thankfully, I've got Julian this week. <laughs> <laughs> like, 14 takes on 15. <laughs> I'll be honest. I if I don't win any more now for the rest of the year, I'll be a happy person. Oh, don't be that guy. <laughs> I beat you. My season is complete. And guess what, Ian? <laughs> I will bring this up. It'll niggle at me. It will niggle, and I will bring this up. Fifteen next year other teams. Yeah, I don't think we'll play each other again this year. So you're gonna have the win. Yeah, I'll have to wait till next year to get my win back. There we are. I'll win the championship, and just to be like, I beat you in week one. So think about it. Who's the best if I beat the champion? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Enjoy it. Um, I am. I game am. of the week. 
first place plays third place. Ooh. That's our poet resident, our resident poet laureate, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Against Dirk, but his friends call him Dickler. Dickler, yeah. There we go. So the uh, the Englishman versus uh, Alberta's finest. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Alberta's finest. Alberta's Ooh. finest. Dirk that's, Dickler. That's cool. Um, and then uh, 16th, for what it's worth, we've said who's number one. The wooden spoon currently. Mm-hmm. The most patient man in the BFE. Andy Dixon. Andy Dixon, yeah. <laughs> Who, like, the algorithm said he did brilliantly, but they said I did brilliantly as well. We both laid up just giant goose eggs. Well, they will. But I'll tell you what, I am playing a number of leagues, but the only one that's BFE specific, so I will mention it, is uh, the BFE, which I was representing, was victorious over David from Scriptical this past week. Okay. Huzzah to me. <laughs> That would have been, if, if I'd lost them both of you, jeez, oh. that would have been hard. Trying to pick you up off the floor for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I think I mopped the floor with them, actually. I think it was, I think it was a pretty convincing win. Uh, but I'm up against Griff from the Paul and Griff show this hey. week, which is the game of the week. It is the two highest sort of Didn't he do well last year? Griff? Yeah. I forget. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure he was. I'm not sure he was with us this last year. Maybe the year before. Oh, maybe the year before then. Yeah. yeah. And number one's Vern from Cinema Recall. So that's who I'm trying to knock off there because I want to be able to say acknowledge me. But this week we're acknowledging Liam. Well, we buddy. are acknowledging me. Thank you. Why are we doing this this week? Not the fantasy football, but uh, True Romance. Uh, it is the 30 year anniversary of True Romance. I can't believe that. Yep. Every time I think of films that came out around the early 90s, I think to myself, "Geez, am I really that old?" Yes, the answers. Yeah, yeah all right, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, I'm you not putting that. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead. I'll throw to Felix to do the pitch. Ooh. In Detroit, a pop culture nerd steals cocaine from his new wife's pimp and tries to sell it in Hollywood, prompting the mobsters who own the drugs to pursue the couple. <laughs> thanks. Um, see, well done, Felix. I had to. I didn't, I didn't look at his. Uh, I didn't listen to it ahead of time. I'm glad I didn't because. Uh, I uh, wanted to go in. My, it was my first listen. I watched. Sorry. Yep. So I wanted to make sure. That it, so it was weird. I was doing the research for it. I got the bare bones, watched it, and then this morning I did any research on the back end. Do you know the weird thing about this movie? I only watched it once way back when. And the weird bits I remember are Brad Pitt. <laughs> well, we'll get to him. Yeah. It's, it's a... I can believe how many people were in this cast. It's a crazy cast, but I think that's more of a Tony's. If you look at it from Quentin Tarantino, you're like, wow, the cast's amazing. If you look at it more from a Tony Scott perspective, you're like, oh, okay, it's Tony Scott film, isn't it? Yeah, but it's still pretty amazing. Yeah. Again, it's one of those casts that would sort of turn into something later. Did you do the same thing as me? You went, he's in that? Where's he? I was just trying to see if that was Thunder or a plane. It's a plane. It's a plane. If it was Thunder, I'd need to start it's turning Tony it off. It's Tony Scott. He's recording. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's doing Top Gun 3. Top Gun 3. Yeah. Goose, Gooseloo. <laughs> Revenge of the Goose. <laughs> no, but there was, a, there was a certain person in this cast who I watched it and I went, well, where was he then? And I had to go back and look. Let's talk about that when we get there. We oh, were, I think I know who it is. You but know who I mean? I, I did the cast list before. Yeah, but even then, oh, really? the cast list will not tell it. you that, does We'll it? talk about it. Yeah. I think I picked up on it. Okay. Directed by Tony Scott, who, of course, did Top Gun, which we've done an episode on, Days Great of Thunder, which we've done an episode on, and yeah, Crimson yeah. Tide, which we've done an episode Great on. Great movie, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, Julian. I still love Crimson Tide. We do, even though it's not. Uh, it might not be accurate. Accurate. Yeah. I don't want accurate. No, it's one. Trust me, entertainment. As a, as a teacher, there's like zero accurate teacher movies. <laughs> what do you mean, Dangerous Minds? It's not real. No, no. <laughs> that class. There be, are no victims in this classroom. That class would be great. There'd be no marking. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, written by Quentin Tarantino, who wrote and directed Pulp Fiction, which we haven't done yet, Inglorious Bastards, which we have, Django, which we have, Django, The Hateful Eight, which we have not, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we have not. 
Isn't he doing one more movie and that's it? That's Didn't he, he say? That's what he says. So this is not This is not one, one of them. Tenny's going to direct. And he counts both Kill Bills as one film. As one, does he? It's one film, yeah. Volume one, volume two. It's a two-part story. Oh, okay, yeah. Cinematography by Jeffrey L. Kimball, who did... Do you know what I think he's going to do? What's that? I think he's going to do his next movie, whatever it's called. I mean, like the Coke can or whatever, right? Part one. Coke can part two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> I ten. think it's got to be well-received. If it's not, I think he'll do an 11th. Do you? Because that's the whole point. He wants to, he wants to stop at 10 because he thinks no one has a good last movie. Uh, so it's about keeping your quality high. So if it's one that's kind of lukewarm, he'll totally come back and chase that. Do you that know what I like about film. him? He's very interesting to watch on screen. You know, like as an interviewer. Yep. Interviewee. Interviewee, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we watched a little bit. We can talk about that when we get around to it. Yeah, he's, he's a very interesting character. Cinematography by Jeffrey L. Kimball, who did Top Gun. <laughs> you can see a lot of that in there. Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, oh, good. I love that film. I was watching something about Mission Impossible 3, and they said that how it was needed to do a soft reboot after what happened to Mission Impossible 2. I love 2. I know you do. You might be the one person. Yeah, uh, maybe. Still love it. You love the John Woo film that put a Mission Impossible title card on it. I do. Yeah, that's all it was. It was a Mission Impossible film. It was a John Woo film. Uh, Star Trek Nemesis. That's yep. for Anthony and Davies out there. Uh, Nemesis. Anthony, I'd be very curious to get your thoughts on that one. I think it's a bit of a... Uh, Is that the in-betweeny movie? No, that Generations. Nemesis. No, I mean, I mean um, you know when they reboot it all, is that like uh, an end of... No, this is a TNG movie. What's that mean? Next Generation, Picard. Oh, okay. So old Picard meets younger version of himself, Picard. Oh. oh. That might be a twist. Sorry, folks. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, be Cool. Oh. I love Be Cool. It's good. It's good. It? And the first Expendables movie. Oh, cool. Uh, music by Hans Zimmer, which I was really surprised by, actually. Do you know what, the music up. in this I really did like. Um, of course, Hans Zimmer's done, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, did he do that one? Days, <laughs> Days of Thunder, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 through 4. Why not the first one? It was some other guy in the first one. I think we talked about it. Then so did he use... Zimmer was doing Gladiator, and we noticed some of Gladiator's oh. theme shows up in Pirates. Gladiator's brilliant. I think, what, I, think, I think we discovered that Pirates is one that you probably should credit to Hans Zimmer, but it gets credited to someone else instead. He came up with the theme. I don't know off the top of my head. Because that is a great... It's on my phone. I can answer it. That's a great thing. I can answer in two seconds. Uh, a League of Their Own. Oh, great movie. The Rock. Welcome to the Rock, gentlemen. And Top Gun Maverick. Not Top Gun, but Top Gun Maverick. I still argue that is better than the original. I fully agree. I totally, I think it's, I really enjoyed that. And somebody actually took me to account on this the other week. And they went, are you kidding me? The first one's brilliant. I went, hey, the first one's good. The second one is brilliant. The first <laughs> one was important for the time it was made. Yes. But it doesn't hold up very well. No. Like, the stuff in the air, great. Oh, phenomenal. Uh, for the record, um, the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack was done by Klaus Bedelt. Yeah, well, fantastic. I believe if you look at it, it's with, like, a whole bunch of stuff is with uh, Hans Zimmer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because you listen to that bit from Gladiator. Because I remember when we did Gladiator, we yeah. went, listen to this. Listen to yes. Because it was clearly Pirates. They're talking about doing a Gladiator too, aren't they? Yeah, I... Uh, what? Of, like, how many movies what? films do we need that just no one's going to see? And and and, and you can't just bring back Maximus. No, they're not going to. Good. It's Maximus's kid. Oh, yeah. I'm I not. thought he died. Surprise. Nah, he was hanging, dude. I, I know. I know. They'll write him out of it. Oh, know. that's just. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they brought back Colin Firth after the first Kingsman. Yeah, <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> 
Um, the first time I saw this, I think we both talked about that. Mine was just now, and yours was uh, a little while back. Yep. Uh, Context Corner. The genesis of the film began with a 50-page script by someone called Roger Avery, titled The Open Road. Avery described the plot as being about an odd couple relationship between an uptight businessman and an out-of-control hitchhiker who travel into a hellish Midwestern town together. When he had trouble finishing it, he asked his friend and colleague at Video Archives, Quentin Tarantino, to give it a shot. (laughs) After several weeks, Quentin handed him back over 500 handwritten pages of what Avery described as, quote, the Bible of pop culture, end quote. Roger typed and edited it and worked with QT on further story ideas. According to a Film Thread article from 1994, the final script was a combination of the, what would become this movie and Natural Born Killers. I've never seen that. I bet you you have. I have. I bet you you like it. Strange movie. That's Woody Harrelson, right? Yeah. yeah. Woody Harrelson. That was... And you got to remember, right? Woody he Harrelson... He was trying to distance himself from Cheers hard oh, here. Oh, he was. And he did. He did. He's the breakout star of that show, isn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. Like, Ted Danson's done all right, but he's always just kind of been yeah, the king of the sitcom. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all he's really done. Like, yeah. he, we talk about how much we liked him in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. But he never really turns into... They no, tried not, to make him a movie star. It never happened. never really worked, did it? Um, none of the other guys, even... like John Ratzenberger got, like, character bits on those Pixar films. Yeah. George Went. I love George Went, who played Norm. But oh, he never Norm's really... Yeah, but Ke- Kelsey Grammer, he, he did fine, but he's... He's still playing Fraser Crane. He's still playing Fraser. It's going to come back. Have you seen the trailer? Looks terrible. Oh, really? Oh, it looks like I just want to find a way to like retreat that from my memory in like Eternal Sunshine. How many things can he do as Fraser? (laughs) The problem is it's got none of the rest of the cast in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's he's moving back to Boston to like, and it's got like his kid Frederick has grown up, and it's like about their relationship. I bet Mark Wahlberg have been it. It's not a a film. It's not a film. Uh, He'll be in it. Oh, it looks so weak. I'm so sad. They're trading off the name, aren't they? The minute that you didn't bring David Hyde Pierce back or Jane Leaves, it's like, what do we do? I loved her. Was that the English lady? John Mahoney's passed away. It's like. Oh, him and the dog. It's like uh, there's rumor that Perry Gilpin, who played Roz, is going to come for one episode. I liked her. I think the strength is. Didn't Phoebe go for. Not Phoebe. Yeah. um, Lisa Kudrow was the original, part. and then between the pilot and the and the actual one that airs, they replace her. I think and so. She, made, she thought she blew it. Yeah, and then six months later, who thought eh? friends? Yeah, which I argue is bigger oh, than Frasier. There's, there's no argument. No, yeah. no. I mean, if you go on Frasier, you get the 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 sort of feeling of knowing you were in one of the uh, one of the greatest most critically acclaimed shows ever. Like they went outstanding comedy series like seven times. Oh wow! Like. They hold all the records for yeah, for, for, for for Emmys, yeah. all of them. But Friends, you look at the most important culturally. The, it's that and Seinfeld, yeah, are the most important culturally um, um, television series. I never really watched Fraser. Uh, really, Fraser, Fraser, Fraser. Uh, I never watched Frasier um, <laughs> religiously, but I know bits of Frasier. But um, uh, did Lilith ever make a? Oh, she was freak. She was about once a season. She'd be there because she, she was. She was to Frasier what Janice was to Friends. Uh, she once a season she could count. She was her. amazing that one. There was a great uh, because Kelsey Grammer also does the voice of Sideshow Bob. As he Simpsons. does, yes. And there's an episode where Sideshow Bob's brother. That's right, Sideshow Mel. Him. Uh, not Mel. Oh. Mel. Mel's his replacement. Oh. But uh, he and his brother, I forget what his brother's name is in the uh, thing. 
and he shows up and, and they and they work together to try and kill Bart or something like that. And it comes back from commercial and it's at the black screen, yeah, with the, with the white typing, which is what always would introduce like the the scenes in Frasier, yeah, yeah. And it just says Frasier is a hit show on NBC. <laughs> and then it goes back into it because everybody knows that at one point, I think Bart puts his eyes over his, uh, over David Hyde Pierce's character and he goes, guess who? And David Hyde Pierce's character goes, Maris. <laughs> so I, I do love Frasier, which is why I was sort of very cautiously optimistic. Oh, okay. And then I saw the trailer and went, oh no, I think sitcoms are too hard to do now. Yeah, it was time. I just, I, there's too many things you can't do. I don't mean that as someone who wants to see uh, sexism, homophobia, none of that stuff. But it just feels no. the places you could go for any for comedy to work. Someone almost has to be the target of a gag, and we live in a society now where that's yeah. everything's bullying. Yeah, like there are extremes. Like what was the one that you really like? Parks and Rec, right? Yep, I like that. Parks and Rec. Love that first but, season was shocking. But there were but times the where they they pick on oh, what was the big guy's name. Oh, yeah. Played by Jim O'Hare. They kept calling him different names, didn't different they? Different names, and he was always he was always kind of... He was, and he had a, such a lovely wife He was bullied in some way. And, yeah. and their long-term goal is to show how happy he is at home. Yeah. But I'm like, they're really mean to him. They were, yeah. But I'm like, you can still have comedy. Yeah, it's, it's just so hard to do now, I think. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We live in a different society. We do. Um... Back to Natural Born Killers. Uh, reportedly, it followed Quentin's natural, original Natural Born Killers uh, script until after the prison riot. I don't know what this means. Uh, after escaping, Mickey and Mallory decided to find and kill the screenwriter who wrote the glitzy Hollywood movie about their exploits. The writers go on the run, and True Romance was the movie he writes while trying to evade the killers. So very meta. I also think, somewhere in the back of my mind, that these two characters, they're not the same people playing them, I don't think. No, they're not. Um, in Pulp Fiction, when he does the whole um, uh, can't not canteen um, like cafe diner scene, scene, diner scene when he goes, any you motherfuckers. It, it, move. Mi- it might have been the original uh, hope for it, but obviously it's not the two characters. It's not the names. Are they are they same names? Are they no, the same characters? No, no. no. Oh, okay. All we know them as as Pumpkin and Honey Bunny. They might have decided to go down that road, but they didn't. But like, oh, okay. I don't know why I thought. I just what, remember at the time thinking the that, one's English. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christian Slater ain't English. You know what I mean? No, I know. I love Christian Slater because it was Tim Roth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it became obvious the miniseries length would never sell, they split it into two movies. So, um, meanwhile, Quentin's being hired by uh, Cinetel Films to do touch up on scripts they were producing, and during this, he meets Tony Scott, who you know he hits it off with Tony Scott. It wasn't like you know. 1988 yeah but tony scott's like a huge deal yeah Tony's, so like you know, oh it's just tony yeah who, who, could you look at tony scott and ridley scott right yeah both brothers right yep. two different genres two different filmmakers who do you prefer as a director oh i don't know enough i mean what do i know from ridley I haven't, I haven't seen Alien or Aliens. Oh, okay. Is Aliens him? Yes, Aliens him. I make this mistake all the time. Alien, Aliens. Not Alien 3. Alien 3 is, um, oh, what's his name? Who does uh, Seven? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Alien 3. Oh, okay. Because that almost made you him can, quit. You can, you can see. He said yeah. there was too much studio interference yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, um, But he did do, of course, Tears and Rain, Blade Runner. Oh, lovely. He did do Gladiator. Yeah. Tony Scott. I mean, I, 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 Tony, okay, I'd say Ridley Scott's an artist. 
yes. Tony Scott. I mean, basically what happens is Ridley Scott starts off uh, making commercials. Oh, okay. And then he gets really... Oh, do you mean Tony Scott? No, I mean Ridley Scott. Oh, do you? And then he starts making films, and he brings on his brother to help him work on the... Uh, it was called Ridley, Ridley Scott Productions or something like that. Oh, okay. And so he brings Tony Scott on to do that. And Ridley goes off and makes films and kind of leaves it in Tony's hands. And the goal was always for Tony to go back into films. But it takes him like a decade because he's making so much bank doing the, doing the commercials. So what do you learn then if you're Tony Scott? You learn what the audience likes. You learn how to sell to people. Because didn't he do a, you look a car at his, advert? You look at, I'm sure he did. That was to do to do with the plane, hence why they saw that and thought he'd be good for Top Gun. Maybe, yeah. Tony yeah. Scott, yeah. So you look, at, you look at the films he's done. I mean, they're like selling things. Like it's yeah. this big adventure you're selling, right? Yeah. So I think that's the difference between the, the, uh, the, the, the two of them. But Tarantino lets him read the script for Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Tony's like, Great I want. Tony's like, I want to make it, and QT's like, No, 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 I'm doing this one. Yeah, but he said, I've got these two scripts. Do you want to read these two scripts? And so he lets him read both Natural Born Killers and True Romance, and he goes with uh, True Romance. Uh, good choice. Uh, Tarantino contends it's his most autobiographical film to date. Uh, he'd hoped to direct it, but then lost interest and sold the script. Uh, the trivia section, the DVD special feature, says he got about ten grand for it, and with it, he purchases the Chevy Chevelle convertible that Vincent Vega drives in Pulp Fiction. But Liam and I watched a video just the other day. We did. We were watching, and it's not a, a podcast I pay a lot of attention to. You're supposed to go, oh, I hate this guy. I don't really know it enough. The Joe Rogan experience, yeah, which was brought to my attention because I teach film studies, and there are some bits where Quentin Tarantino. I had a colleague go, "You got to check out the Quentin Tarantino one." I said, "Ah." There's a lot of baggage with Joe Rogan. He goes, you got to listen to this. Like, he talks about his whole career. So I typed in a couple. Like, and he, well, looks re- he looks relaxed talking to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seems to drop all the artifice. They're just they're just having a conversation. Mm. And uh, Tarantino says he got 30 grand. 30 grand for, uh, he sold the script. It was more money than he ever had in his life. <laughs> and he thought, okay, I'm going to make Reservoir Dogs in a muffler shop, he says, basically. I'm going to do that. And that's when Lawrence Bender says, let me let me take Reservoir Dogs and sell it. Yeah. Let me just give me three months and let me see what I can do with it. I mean, we'll talk, we'll talk more about that whenever we do Reservoir Dogs per se. Yeah. But end of the day, he gets 30 grand for this. It's nuts, isn't it? As was said by him on that. that so that's the only reason I'm going. And I, heard it, I heard it right the from the horse's mouth. The car or not, does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can remember, could he? No. So he's doing this instead. So um, there we are. So we're ready for the deep dive. Uh, Morgan Creek Productions and the credits. I was going to record it and put it on the thing. I didn't do it. Man, the Morgan Creek theme's a banger. It's crazy, isn't it? it was, I was really surprised with how my... That's a, that's it brings a, that's back a good, good little tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And no longer, is it? No, they're long gone, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the bar, we meet Clarence Worsley. Sorry, Worley, played by Christian Slater. Ooh, yeah. 192 episodes of the BFE. How many Christian Slater films we do? Uh, three. This is number one. No. Uh, Clarence says that in Jailhouse Rock, <laughs> Elvis is everything Rock and Billy was about. Living fast, dying young, leaving a good-looking corpse. That's a James Dean reference. Is it? Not like Live fast, die young, leave a good-looking yeah. corpse? I'm sure. Uh, he says Elvis was prettier than most women. Then if he had to sleep with a man. Take care of business. It would be Elvis. Now, I'm cleaning up some of the dialogue here. Yeah. Do you know the lady opposite him? Nope. I'm pretty sure that is Darla from The Crow, the 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 mother. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. I didn't Google it or anything like that. So if anybody out there who knows, it looked like her to me. Because um, that had been around the same sort of time, or well, a couple of years afterward. 
He asked her if she wants to go to the movie. She seems up for it and says, what do you want to watch? She says, I want to see a Sonny Sheba triple header. <laughs> Who's that? And then you find out it's like the Street oh, Fighter, the street Return fighter. of the yeah, Street yeah, yeah. Fighter, and like the Ultimate Street Fighter or something like or that. Breakfast with the Street Fighter or something. Sure. <laughs> and she says, you want to take me to a Kung Fu movie? And he goes, no. <laughs> I want to take you to three movies. I think it's great. And she goes, no, it's not really my cup of tea. I've got my notes here. Liam would say yes. I would. Oh, jeez. Do you know what, though, right? This guy does not get women. Can we just say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that's why this is setting us up for for her when she comes. Because he's clearly got us an idea. I can see a lot of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, he, this is who he thinks he is. He thinks when he, he said is. this is autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is who he wants to be. Yes, I would say this um, because this was a pitch given to us by. Again, I don't want to make anybody the hero of our story. Uh, Harvey Weinstein said he did. Is Christian Slater too good looking to play this part? And I'm going to go. I think he is. Yes, I think he is. If you want it to be the guy who no one, he can't get a date because he comes across as quite because nerdy he's such in good. This. He's so good looking. He, oh. And there's a bit of a nerdy charm. I mean, nerdy charm wasn't really a thing in '92, '93, no. but he's good looking. Yeah. Like, keep in mind, he did, he done pump up the volume. Oh, brilliant. And pump up the volume is about the idea that no one will go out with him. Yeah. But when he gets behind a microphone, <laughs> I, irony not lost on me. <laughs> when he gets behind a microphone, um, all Happy of a sudden, hard on. <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden he's got all the charisma in the world. Yeah. And he can talk to these women. He can do anything he wants because he's in control of this. Yeah. Um, but I, I had the I, I agree with on, on this one situation. I agree with Harvey Weinstein to go I, I do. to go. I think he's too good looking for a role that's supposed to be because he looks like a flipping Hollywood A lister. He's a bit short. That's about it. He's got that whole Jack Nicholson look about him, though, isn't he? A young Jack, a Nicholson. very young Jack Nicholson. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I've literally just done, this is QT writing himself. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it is. It is. Uh, On the first day of shooting, it became clear that Christian Slater and Tony Scott had different ideas on how to play Clarence. So Scott gave him a copy of Taxi Driver and told him to watch it as homework. Do you know what? I knew this. Did you? No, but I knew this (laughs) because you look at the jacket he's wearing. I've never seen Taxi Driver. Okay. Well, the jacket he wears. Uh, It's it's this military thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very Taxi Driver. That is true. I've seen enough stales. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's De Niro, isn't it? Because I, yeah. Yeah. And I went, that's Taxi Driver, that. Isn't that weird? I'd be curious to see what he wanted. I couldn't find anything else that sort of teased that out, but it was interesting. Mm. Then we get a voiceover, and it's a female voice talking about from Florida to Detroit. I never would have thought the true romance in Detroit would ever go together. And voice tells us that this story will change their lives forever. And we cut, and uh, Clarence, it's a strange name for a lead character. Clarence. Is this supposed to make him nerdy because he's Clarence? Maybe. Um, but he's at the, uh, he's at, he's eating some popcorn. He's watching the movie by himself. And some blonde is out there buying uh, popcorn for the movie and goes on in. And how cool is that, though, right? So, A, is it's quite dark when he goes to the theater to see this, right? He's doing a three movie thing right which you're thinking an hour and a half maybe this has to play on to at least at least like four in the morning it must must yeah it? yeah i'm just saying it's just just she, what cinemas are open that sort of time in the morning la uh, yeah maybe she trips over her feet and the drops the popcorn i'm like it's way too fake find out why later uh-huh and then she lights up and i don't mean she smiles i mean she literally gets a cigarette and it's i've got my own it's so weird to think this was this was this was okay. this was this is normal. 
Well, you know, I did that um, extra in that film, uh, The Souvenir 2. Um, was that the one where you shot at the, at the Majestic? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be set in, I believe, the early 80s. Yeah. So they're giving out cigarettes to people in, in, as extras and saying, here, I'll light these up. So the weird thing is, I don't smoke, so I never took any, but people are smoking in the cinema. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, Jesus, I remember when it was like this. How nuts is that? But I prefer it without. It's also, I'm sort of surprised because it's kind of a protected license, whatever you call it, building here, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, a, a, yeah, it's a great listed building. That's, a, that's what I'm looking for, a listed building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprised that I'm smoking it. Yeah, well, I suppose you can get around things with when you've got money and you can... I guess if you're a cinema and you're like, a film was shot here, Yeah, I think it helps. They showed that showing for one night only and I missed it. And I wanted to sit in the same seat that I sat and in watch. and watch it. There you go. You know what I mean? Um, we meet Alabama Whitman, played by Patricia Arquette. She was huge back in the day for a brief, brief moment. 193 films. How really? many? No, that's how many we've done. Liam. Oh. How many? <laughs> 192, 193, something like that? I was going to say, she had a no. brief, brief career. How many, how many films of hers have we done? One. Yeah, that's the first <laughs> Trick question. <laughs> uh, I found a lot of talk about it being Drew Barrymore, but I couldn't find anything more substantial. I'm glad it wasn't Drew Barrymore. I love Drew Barrymore. Um, and I controversial <laughs> at the moment no at the moment but um but i i, I like her because she's not she's a quirky pretty rather than a um a your hollywood glamorous pretty you know i think I mean? she strikes me as yeah damage she might say she's damaged goods she's not yeah. damaged goods she's totally damaged goods yeah and i buy that and i buy that because oh, it's back to that roddy piper logic for me mm-hmm. but if it's true barrymore she's never drew barrymore film yeah but because she's this fresh-faced who is this girl yeah. I think that's more powerful. I she can be the character. On, I got more on board with her. Yeah. I also don't think she'd have been up for the physicality that the film requires oh, later on. Oh, no, definitely not. Uh, Tony Scott hated her hair. Really? I loved and her And wanted hair. to change it. I did find this out from watching the Drew Barrymore clip. Because I watched it thinking they'd talk about maybe how Drew Barrymore might have been up for the role and turned it down and okay. was like, I'm so glad you got it instead of me. So what hair did he want? None of that stuff. Something else. And he said... So he went, I, I hate the hair. And she went, oh, I really, really want to do, have this hair in the movie. And he goes to her, okay, fine. This is how she, as she says it. And she, he goes, fine, walk me through the hair. And she says, I think my character would have grown up watching Farrah Fawcett. And I think my character would have wanted to have feathered hair, but wouldn't know how to feather hair. And so this is like the Florida redneck version of that. Yes. And he went, fine, sold. And later on, her hair works really well with scenes. Yeah, yeah I thought, and I think it's, I thought, I think it's a really iconic look as well. I think so it's iconic. Go. And I loved her style in this. It was amazing. So she ends up sitting beside Clarence, and they have a great time, and they leave the movie, and she says, hey, do you want do you have to go home, or do you want to go get a pie? Because. Oh. Uh, what? Just remembered. Felicity, uh, she sat and watched it with me. She said, you need to take pie to the podcast. Oh, and I went, yes, I do. That would have been a really good idea. Oh, but today it's just gone so bad at work. Okay. And I just totally forgot. Damn it. That's okay. Can you vamp for time? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> have you done this? Because I was going to do the same thing. This is amazing. Because, you know, Felicity was saying to me, she's always thinking these great things. And I go, yeah, that's a good idea. And I should never part them off as my own because she does have some brilliant ideas. But the pie thing, I thought, that would be- <laughs> how amazing is this? This is brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> 
because I was gonna do I was gonna do the same thing, but today, I mean, dude, work was just like all over the place. No, so I heard that and I went, okay, I get a pie. <laughs> it's been a while since we had something that kind of light to tie it into it. And we like to do Absolutely. it when it's when it's available. So pie is it's just a Bramley apple. So yeah, uh, that was what I was gonna get. It's uh, I was gonna try and get a couple different options. Oh, um, sure. But then when I first heard it, I thought pie was gonna be a bigger part of the movie. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I decided based on that line, I'm like, oh, that would be a great idea. We should we should definitely do that. Mm. With two of us, it's gonna be harder for me to sort of take pieces of it. I'm gonna try and sneak it as we go through. Please do try. I can yeah. vamp. There you go. Um, is that the word? Is that how you say it? Yeah, vamp. Yeah. More or less just make make noise and stall for time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> where are we at here? Uh, director, uh, oh, yeah. director Tony Scott. So uh, this obviously couldn't happen today, I don't think. Director Tony Scott slapped Patricia Arquette on set. Whoa. He did so with her permission. And by the end of shooting, she was asking for it to be done, calling it the persuader to be able to act in key scenes now maybe it's slapping her right before you're doing some of the fight scenes so you can feel it sort of the intensity of it because how do you pretend like you've just been hit unless you've just been hit yeah it's a uh as Lawrence olivier once said act darling just act have you ever ever considered acting (laughs) yeah but there might be something to the idea that it's really hard to pretend you've been hit in the face so maybe instead that'll put you in that fight or flight kind of i guess it startles you doesn't it? it's it tell you what it reads really rough in black and white off the page mm. yeah maybe it was different on set in the moment i'd be very curious and sort of listening to the uh dvd commentary and seeing how that maybe out. um tony scott was the stunt double for <laughs> maybe later on if you hit freeze frame it's just, it's just this guy in his 50s 60s uh ray's restaurant um having the pie and he's using the same elvis land again live fast die young leave a good looking corpse which is odd because again i just kept thinking james dean this must be his move this is what he does with women yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's a he's a really weird crazy elvis guy well elvis was more um it was, it was, he always used to say take care of business taking care of business that was his thing. That was his motto. I thought I'd use that rather than, you know, live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. Uh, Clarence asked about 20 questions in one, uh, the answers of which end up uh, going, have you got a fella is all he really wants to know. You know, curious though, right? We all know he's going to ask that question. Yep. But isn't it quite curious how he leaves it till last to ask that question? He's working up the nerve, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he finds out she likes Burt Reynolds, Phil Spector. Love Burt Reynolds. Mickey Rourke. Sugar. Yeah. Kung Fu. Pot. But doesn't like Persians. <laughs> Funny. Um, she sat by him. I said, why do you sit by me? Because you look like a nice guy. And I'm like, you can tell this is a 1993 movie. Yeah. She pays the bill and they keep the night going. Um, and so he works at a comic book shop. And so they kind of. On a break and they go in there. Again, do you think this is a reference to the video show? My next line, Tarantino works at a video store. This yeah. feels like an easy parallel. And do you think he had keys to this video oh, store? Oh, for sure he did. <laughs> yeah. He explains why he loves comic books, and he's described it with such passion. But if you notice, while he's looking at the pages... She's looking at him. She's looking at him. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we cut to a backlit blue screen. By blue, I just mean, like, the background is blue. 
kissing scene where they're just nothing but shadow and it's all blue. This is the uh, Top Gun. <laughs> I've got my notes. You can so tell this is the same guy who did Top Gun's love scene. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> all was missing was that weird dipping of the tongue as <laughs> yeah, they kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I literally went, this is just a rip off of Top Gun. And they went, oh, wait, hang on. Same guy. <laughs> I said the same thing. I said the same thing. That's um, so weird. It was, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, but but less weird, less awkward than yeah, that I found awkward. the one in because uh, their their chemistry was much better. Oh, the chemistry of these two are great. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in a weird though, right? Because we all know because because Quentin has a a style to his movies. Doesn't yeah, he? this has that kind of um, diluted version of him. But yeah. his mark is still there. His script was in non-linear order. And the first uh, thing, the first thing Tony Scott does is put it all back in. Like, uh, okay. He makes a few changes as well with like key sort of points along the way. Yeah. yeah. And according to Tarantino, he ignored all but one of his music cues. <laughs> <laughs> I like the music in this. Yeah, I think the music's fine in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she confesses. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, so then it cuts to Alabama crying as she smokes a cigarette on top of a billboard that says, don't wait for the dust to settle, which actually was quite a good metaphor for How the film. How cool was that, though, to have a billboard on your, uh, where you live? Yeah, it kind of was like a comic book in that regard. How cool was that? Yeah. Uh, she confesses she was paid to be at the theater because she's a call girl, and his boss, Lance, paid for him to get laid because he doesn't get out much. So he, he mad? He goes, I'm not mad. It's one of the best nights of my life. He says, I thought something was rotten in the state of Denmark, um, which, is a, which is a line from Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And I quite liked it. That's why I wrote it down. I went, oh, I get it. And then there's a little early 1990s transphobic language in there, mm. um, which I, I, I think it's of its time where he's, he's saying, what would be the worst situation? This girl seems perfect. The worst thing would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she says she's been a call girl for four days and he's her third customer. I thought it was going somewhere else later. So did oh, did you really? Yeah. But she's not damaged goods and she's not white trash. And my note is if anybody yells at you, however, not damaged goods or white trash, they're probably both those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. I mean, again, how much of this is Quentin Tarantino? Oh, he's great. He's great because you know that's I mean? what someone who is damaged goods and white trash would say. Yeah. 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 Uh, she wants to know when he said it was one of the best times in his life. Is that to do with the sex they had? And he said, "Yeah, yeah, that too." But everything, and he goes through all the stuff that she loves that he loves. And the, what was the only thing that she lied about? The Partridge family. She doesn't like the Partridge family, but everything else she was she was on board with. And you saw that in the way she looked at him. Yeah, and you saw how different the who I thought was Dala from the Crow. Yep. And you saw how she was completely different to him. So this sets you up for her to be to see them fall in love and to see them fall in love so quick. Yep. She says she thinks she loves him, and from this moment onward, she'll never lie to him again. And we smash cut to the courthouse. They come out; they're on red, red everywhere. It's great. And they've just been married. I've said his jacket suggests a military past. You've already picked up on the taxi driver mm-hmm. reference. They're getting. She's getting a tattoo of him. I'm assuming he's already got his tattoo of her. Yeah, I think he's got his first. Yeah, yeah maybe the first shot was just him looking at it. And then we cut to her. Mm. Um, she's very sexy in this movie. <sighs> just, just thought we should just get that and out. You of You got to remember, she's in real life. She's a sister to David Arquette and and uh, Alexis Arquette. and Alexis Arquette. Yep. Yeah, from she's an actress who's because uh, I do bo- I teach Boyhood so. Patricia Arquette wins, Never seen that. wins an Oscar for it. Oh, okay. And we see her age 12 years because it's oh, shot over 12 years. Oh, because I did that in, in real life, yeah. 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 So she's an actress who obviously struggles with her weight. 
um, or does struggle with her weight. You can see her body changes. She gets a little bigger, a little smaller. Actually, okay. Someone who relates to the same idea. But it's this idea of this, you know, this woman who. So I wasn't used to this side of her where she looks so young and, and just ridiculously good looking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She had a bit of um, Marilyn Monroe esque about her. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean like um, as in exactly a carbon copy of Marilyn Monroe. I mean, she had bits and quirks of Marilyn Monroe, you know, like um, the lipstick, the 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 blonde hair. But she, she used her quirk and her slant on it. And I don't know whether, because they were trying to say, you know, this is what I think would be the character. Um, but I really liked... I really liked her. I thought she was great. Definitely enigmatic. Oh, man. I love Christian Slater, right? Mm -hmm. And that guy, normally if he comes on the screen, I'm watching Christian Slater because I think he's a great underrated actor. Yeah, I agree with that. Right? You ever see Broken Arrow? Yeah. David Travolta? Oh. Love that film. Brilliant. Yeah. And um, Not winning any Oscars. No, no, no. (laughs) He's winning airlines. I love that film. I do like it. Um, It's still better than Battlefield Earth. (laughs) But... um, I, I, I can take my eyes off her. Yeah. In this movie, she was the one that, you know, drew the eye. Um, we hear as she's going on that Drexel might be mad, and she doesn't have her stuff, but we find that Drexel's her pimp. Uh, we cut to meet Drexel. Drexel played by... Oh, Gary Oldman. Fifth appearance on the pod. Um, Two should be... Oh, maybe not. No, you were <laughs> only here for, for three of them, I think. Was I? Yeah. I do like Gary Oldman. Um... We ain't done Fifth Element, have we? No. Or Dracula, have we? No. That's two of my favourites for him. Uh, do you want to know how I got these scars? Oh, yes, because he's um, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yep. Uh, Dark Knight. TikTok, mother. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. Oh, why is that? Oh, I love that, because you kept saying that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Hitman's Bodyguard. Hitman's Bodyguard, yes. <laughs> I can't. With all the films we've done. <laughs> Looking back, if someone said, what's the one that definitely did not deserve to be on there, besides Spice World, which was us just having some fun on an anniversary. I'm sticking up for My Georgia. face when Georgia said the Hitman's Bodyguard, and then after watching it going, this, this is the quality I'm we're sticking, bringing. I'm sticking up for Georgia on this one, because I love that movie. That's uh, funny. Mank? Oh, yes, of course. Really good, Mank. Oh, he's brilliant. And then you weren't here for this one, Air Force One. Oh, yeah. yeah. So actually, we've seen three where he's a villain. There mm. He's good in this. Gary Oldman met with Tony Scott about the project and told him he hadn't had a chance to read the script he'd been set and asked Scott what would his part be like. And Scott said, you're playing a white guy who thinks he's black. <laughs> yeah. And you're a killer pimp. And Oldman laughed and went, yeah, all right. <laughs> and you see that. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what I really loved was the scar. Yeah. Like, like he'd been bottled. Yep. I thought that was cool. Uh, Oldman had his Bram Stoker's Dracula wig maker work on the wig, the dreadlock wig, yeah, and sported one of his eyes from the same movie, uh, Dracula. Yeah. His 70-year-old mother was on set each day, and he would ask her opinions on his performance. Aww. We also meet Big Don, played by Samuel L. Jackson. He looks young. 192, 93, whatever it is, movies. Yeah. How many Samuel L. Jackson films have we done? Uh, 12. Oh, no. <laughs> Seven. Nine. Okay. <laughs> Which puts him one behind Tom Hanks for the lead. Wow. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, The Hitman's yep. Bodyguard, yep. Goodfellas, yep. Jurassic Park. Goodfellas. Yeah, he's in a very small part in Goodfellas. Oh, he is, isn't he? Yep. Uh, Jurassic Park, Coming to America, oh, Kingsman, yeah. Django Unchained, yeah. Phantom Menace. Of course. Nine. That's nuts, isn't it? Oh, 
So he's he's been quite prolific though. I mean, yes. that guy since the, the you could probably say late eighties, eighty eight, probably. Ooh, when does he start off? It's I mean, Goodfellas is really early. That's nineteen ninety. But before coming that, to America, maybe eighty nine. Is that his feature film debut? When he's when he's the robber. When was Jungle Fever? I want to think after. Yeah, I want to think Jungle Fever was at ninety one. Spike Lee. Yep. Yeah. Oh, hang That's, on. Do the right thing. Eighty nine. Do the right. Oh, he's in that. Yeah. Coming to America, maybe 88? No, it feels like 89's right for that. I feel like it's late 80s, isn't it? It's not 90s. No, 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 no. no. It's, it's late 80s. Yeah. Yeah, he looks young in this. Oh, I love him in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I need to put down your gun. Who the fuck is this <laughs> asshole? He's brilliant. Oh, he's, it's like, before you even knew it's who Sam, Samuel Jackson yeah. was, it's like, what a what an incredible performance. 30 years later, we're Still like, saying the same thing. You were, you weren't acting. <laughs> That's him. Hey, it worked okay for Jack Nicholson. Why should anybody else do it? Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's like the opposite of uh, Lawrence Olivier. We just tried not acting. <laughs> Um, so, uh, they're talking about their, I'm going to say they're talking about their sexual appetites, so to speak, because mm. they're discussing what they will do and what they won't do. Yeah. Uh, that's about as clean as I can make it, folks. I'm still eating yeah. apple pie here. <laughs> Drexel, uh, Drexel wastes Samuel Jackson and a friend of his just moments like, into their scene. Fuck what? Yeah. Samuel Jackson. Cause he's not, he's not Samuel Jackson. No, yet. I know. Yeah. I know. But I'm just going, whoa, yeah. shit. But I've got my notes. What can't Gary Oldman do? He's so good in this. He is. He's brilliant. We're going to, can we do like when we come and discuss at the end, can we give a, there's just two of us. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. Paul, ba- <laughs> Paul Bates is there as Drexel's accomplice, Marty, this big guy. And he was also in coming to America. He's the guy who sings. She's your queen to be. Ah, he did look familiar. <laughs> Uh, they steal the drugs and leave. But back with our honeymooners, Clarence's face looks like he's having buyer's remorse as they watch some kung fu thing on the TV. He splashes water on his face. As he's doing so, he hears a voice telling him he should kill Drexel. Uh-huh, kill kill uh-huh. Drexel. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> and, he, and he points and he goes, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> I like you, Clarence. Uh, this is Val Kilmer. Yes, in a gold jacket, doing a bit of an Elvis impression. But you don't know that's Valkyrie. If you were watching that, no, you have no way of knowing no that. No way. None. Even his voice, you wouldn't have known. Once I knew, I could hear it. But if yeah. I didn't know, not a prayer. Because I saw his name in the credits, and I went, "What? what yeah. Just what? Down as the mentor. The mentor. And it was down as the mentor, so that the the Elvis estate couldn't sue. Ah. Yep. So um, telling them that no one cares about a dead pimp. That's probably not <laughs> wrong. Third <laughs> appearance on the pod. Valkyrie. Yeah. These two are pretty obvious, I think. Oh, okay. Tony Scott, dude. Come on. Oh, yeah. Top Gun. Which I I actually went back to my actor list and forgot to put him on for Top Gun. Everybody else in Top Gun, I put on the list. I forgot to put Top Gun for him. Uh, That was a seal skip at Top Gun Maverick, wasn't it? Top. No, but not Maverick. Top Gun, Top Gun. Yeah, Top Gun. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't put that one on the list. Oh. Yes, I put everybody else. Anthony Edwards. I put Anthony Edwards. I put Tim Robbins on it. (laughs) I forgot Val Iceman. How could you forget Iceman? I don't know. He was on my wing. (laughs) Bullshit. You can be mine. (laughs) (laughs) The other one, much like this movie, it's got a great cast. Oh, yes. Heat. He's in Heat, isn't he? He is, yes. Yeah. Oh, he's another underrated actor. I love Val Have you ever seen The Doors? Where he played Jim Morrison? No, but it looks just like him. God. Apparently, it's an amazing performance. Yes, it is. It's enigmatic. It's brilliant. I he's my for a long time he was my favorite Batman. Mm. I like I, I, loved, I like him. I love I love the Saint. 
Yeah, I don't mind that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, according to director Tony Scott, Val Kilmer originally wanted to play the character of Clarence. Ooh. He's really too good looking for that part. Yeah, he is. Uh, Kilmer spent eight hours in makeup being transformed to Elvis Presley. Fortunately, he was only required for two days of filming. And uh, blurred. And he's called Mentor, so as to not... Uh, yeah, he's in um, shallowed up the field the whole time, right? Yeah. And uh, he's only called Mentor to not to face any litigation, like we said. Uh, Clarence with the idea to write down her former address and he'll go pick stuff up but she thinks it's a bad idea I think so once he pulls up to the place well yeah jeez I've got my notes Drexel might be the pimp but it's Clarence who's got the pimp mobile he has he has yeah a purple cat I know without a hint of irony none it's brilliant like try to find a car that looks a little less inconspicuous yeah you can't can you? oh my word it's brilliant um the address looks like something out of amsterdam yes it's it like does. oh everything's it's like a one house red light district <laughs> so clarence goes and hangs out with drexel and drexel reminds me of cypress hill yes it's all it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you know, this is a great little scene because they both think they've got one upon each other don't they i think it's great i love it and 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 the fact that you know i mean what had um christian slayer hadn't really reached his zenith i don't think at this point had he and um where gary oldman was we knew he was a good actor so to be in this scene with them two together pretty good and i think christian slayer is probably one of these actors who could do off the cuff he could slater yeah well all he's got to do in this role actually in this moment in this scene is react Yeah, yeah yeah Because this is this scene's all about Gary Oldman. It is. It's brilliant using the the the, the sort of um, swinging lamp, lampshade as like a, a spotlight. Uh, yeah, yeah, like interrogation. Um, he offers Clarence an egg roll, but uh, he declines. And Drexel reads from that. He goes, "Is this white boy day?" And so he's <laughs> white. Boy. And he's totally like he thinks he's not wrong. He thinks he's black. He does. He does. Which that's a common, um, a common criticism of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, okay. Is that Tarantino doesn't know he's a white guy <laughs> because he because because he writes the n word in so many of his he movies, does, doesn't he? It's, there's even some later, isn't there? Yep. You know what he uses. Yeah, but at least, at least, I think that's a character trying to agitate the other character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, he often writes it for himself as something he can just casually say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and gets away with it. And he goes, "Hey, look." You know, here's some problems. He goes, you're you're all out of your element. You know how I know? Because, you know, you didn't take the food. If you took, if you ate my food, I'd be like, oh, he doesn't have anything to worry about. Also, the fact that look over there is some girl who's got, her, uh, who's got her breasts out. And you're not looking at me. And he says, basically what he says is I'm not as attractive as the breasts on the screen. He, <laughs> he says it a lot more uh, colorfully than I have. And he goes, look, I'm not hungry. And by the way, I saw this movie seven years ago. So he gives him an envelope and says, this is a payoff for my peace of mind. I'm giving I you this like this. And not one penny more. And he opens up the envelope and there's nothing in it. <laughs> but to his credit, he yep. still doesn't find him a threat, does he? Nope. Uh, who's he? Um, Drexel, don't see, no, see no, no. Slater as a, as a... And he's got a, a gun. We know he's got a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's even said... In a 2014 interview, Gary Oldman said he got the idea for Drexel's voice in New York one day. He said, quote, I heard a kid outside talking... Sorry, heard a kid talking outside my trailer and literally pulled him in from the street and said, read this dialogue and tell me what you think. He read a couple of lines and, that, and he said to him, that sounds good, but it don't fly. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so I said, what would you say? And he helped me authenticate it so I could show up and become that character. I love Gary Oldman. Yeah. Yeah, in all things one day we will do a media madness on the best actors and that's gonna be a really hard one to do how cool would that be to get him on the pod it's, oh, <laughs> is that even too no hard? disrespect to anybody we've ever had we're beyond lucky 
that's a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's three whole other levels above where we're at. And that's no disrespect. But yeah, that's just, I mean, Oldman's one of. Aim for the stars. It's like Daniel Day, like literally. It's like wow. Daniel Day Lewis, Gary Oldman, like it's these multiple time Oscar winners. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're a thing unto themselves. Mm. Um, where are we at here? Uh, Drexel throws a heating rack because he's like got like his food staying warm on it. Yeah. At Clarence and then leaps at him and it's him. That and was the, a hell of a leap. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the two guys just beat the crap out of Clarence. Uh-huh. But then Drexel gets his wallet and reads out his address, telling Marty to go get Alabama. Yeah, I think I would have left my driver's license at home. Yeah. If push comes to shove, in this case, literally, mm. I probably, like, that's, that's, a, that's a really easy give. How do you not think of this? <laughs> now, I get that Clarence is a kid who's over his head. I get that. Yeah. He even says that later. But that's mistake number one. Um, there's a ruckus in the other room, which is never explained. No. It's never explained. Maybe that was supposed to be something that was probably cut later or yeah. maybe it was something. Because I thought like the Sicilians were showing up then. Yeah. But then there was no payoff to it. No. So it's enough of a distraction that it lets um, it lets Clarence get his gun out and he shoots Drexel in the groin and shoots Marty and takes him out. And then he makes Drexel open his eyes so you can watch the gun shoot him in the head a few times. Oh, yes. And I remember thinking to myself, you going to grab your driver's license? Because <laughs> if nothing else, forget all the other stuff. You've killed someone and left your driver's license at the scene. Exactly. I wouldn't forget my driver's license had He's just been run out. That, yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. That was the one bit where I'm going, I get it's the class. You need it for the rest of the movie to take place. Because no one knows. But it feels it? like it's too far of a step mm-hmm. for that he would have forgotten it, even in all the excitement and trauma. Yeah. Um, Maxim journalist. So that's the at the end of uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, Maxim journalist Thomas Nuts. Friedman said this is the greatest performance of Oldman's career, and I was like, oh, is it? In a 2011 interview with the American Film Institute, Gary Oldman was asked to name his favorite role as a 2011. So this doesn't include Darkest Hour. It doesn't include Mank. Oh. Uh, he said that his favorites Lee Harvey Oswald and JFK. At which point, I went, gotta watch JFK one day. Oh. It's, it's, Oliver um, Stone. Yeah, Oliver Stone. Three plus hours. It's Costner, isn't it? Costner, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's good. It's long, though. It is long. And Drexel Spivey. Those were his two favorite films. Uh, oh. Two favorite roles. He also stated in an interview he would have loved to have done a film on Drexel Spivey. Unfortunately, I think the time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. He can't do it now. No. Well, especially because he's dead. Or Gary Oldman. No. Drexel. Oh, yeah, but no, but you could do, like, a prequel. Yeah, but, okay, you can't do that at 60 years old. No, you can't, not now. <laughs> exactly. In early versions of the script, the character of Drexel had several more scenes. They were removed, and he, uh, originally the plan was for Tarantino to hang on to them for Pulp Fiction, but then he was cut from that movie. Oh, okay. So, originally, it was one of the ideas was that Drexel would be part of this universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the apartment, and he's bought hamburgers, and hamburgers seem to be an important part of this couple's identity. Isn't it weird? Yeah, it does. But isn't it weird, again, hamburgers... It's quite synonymous with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that is a tasty burger. Yeah, you know, and also like Samuel L. Jackson as well. Was that intentional? Was that not intentional? Because it's two different characters. What do you mean? The fascination with hamburgers? No, 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 no. The fact that um, Samuel L. Jackson is in this as a different character than he is in Pulp Fiction, was that intentional? Was that just he was not a big enough star to be worrying about or yeah, did I mean, they like him there, there's, there's the Tarantino universe and so he does tend to show up with a lot of the same characters in a lot of the same places so maybe you know what was was tarantino on set for this was he no a bit of- i know he wasn't on set for this oh, okay he did not come to set because he believed that oh i've already checked my fans for the ball lineup so i'm okay 
So you go ahead and take a quick look. Uh, I saw a thing that said he didn't come to set because he believes if you come to set, you need to be on, on set all the time. Oh, okay. And he wasn't going to come to set all the time. He said, right, there's a certain type of writer who does that. Yeah. And he's not he's not big enough at this point. Okay. Tony Scott's Tony Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's quite in Tarantino. He sold his first script. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. So I'm going to uh, have to roll with what I've got. Yeah, as long as you're. It's more or less checking to see if any of your guys are out hurt. That's the point of that. Yeah. It's not about mm. searching for new players. Well, my favorite is her, any. <sighs> what, Austin Eckler? Yeah. I love Austin Eckler. Yeah. I do. I do. Like The guy's amazing. He, he, the, I've got a deal. If I ever win a league, it's been several years, so it's no, 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 no fear these days. But if I ever win a league, I'm going to buy a jersey of the player I think is most re- responsible for me getting there. It's like a trophy. And the one year, I was like, I was winning. It was the year I went to three finals. Yeah. And I had Eckler two of the leagues. I'm like, I'm totally buying an Eckler jersey this year. Because <laughs> what are the odds I'm going to lose all three? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did not have a good championship week. Um, but he was by no means the only. All my players had bad championship weeks, as luck would have it. <laughs> uh, so get the hamburgers. She starts crying. And she never really explains why she's crying. She just changes and goes, I think what you did was incredibly romantic. I think she's crying because no one has gone out on a limb for her like that. I could have used that line. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's just implied because he's saying, right, they've got together so yep. quickly and they're so infatuated with each other. She can't believe, you know, she's being pimped yep. out for God's sake. You know, who's been looking out for her? And four he days. does. Yeah, for four days. <laughs> it's a little surprised to hear members who Alabama is. I might be like, all right, I'm done. Sweet home Alabama. Unless there was this line. Where he's like talking about how she's going to be his new crown jewel because she's this fresh faced girl, mm. right? All the other girls could look tired and worn out, but she's and he could go on this little speech about why he ain't giving her up. Well, I think she looks tired and used. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why he's willing to go to these lengths to protect, to, like, to get Alabama back. Um, that was my thing. Maybe it's just uh, an ego thing. Maybe. Yep. Um, so it turns out he does not have her clean clothes, but instead a suitcase full of Coke. Now, I see where they're going to go with this. I think I take the Coke back. You would, wouldn't you? Because if they just take the Coke yeah. and leave it yeah. somewhere else, no one's going to come looking for you. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I'm I'm leaving the Coke. Yeah. As long as, I don't, as long as I don't have the Coke. Yeah. Have the Coke. I don't want the Coke. We no. thought it was clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meet, but we smash cut to meet Clifford Worley, played by Dennis Hopper. Oh, yeah. Fourth appearance on the pod. Mm. Most of these are yours. Speed. That's not yours, but yes. Um, Rebel Without Cause. Two. Um, 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 oh, what's that other one? Um, 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 what we have here. Is a failure to communicate. Yep. Um, 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 um. You can eat a whole bunch of eggs. <laughs> um, um, yes, 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 yes. Um, cool, cool. Cool hand, Luke. We're going to be here for a while. Cool <laughs> yeah. I was still eating. So um, they're going to stay with him for a bit, it looks like, but then it changes. He clearly disapproves of the marriage, and we get the idea he's an alcoholic. And his kid doesn't get it. He's like, you can have beer, right? No, on behalf of public service announcement, for on behalf of alcoholics everywhere, beer is not like just a little bit of booze. It's no. like, no, no, it's it's falling off the wagon. It's a taster, and you're going to have more. You're either going to have a whole bunch of beer, or you're going to you're going to it's going to hit you, and you're going to go ahead and get the whiskey. And then, and then, even just the end of he's an alcoholic, and even makes fun of him being a drunk, and then sends his wife out to get a six pack. It's yeah. like, do the guy a favor. Don't bring beer into his house. And he hasn't seen him for three years. But anyway, his trailer, his caravan. Yep. How cool is that? That's so close to the the train track. That annoyed the ass off me. 
but so close to the war as well. Yeah. Can you just set up anywhere? I don't imagine so. I imagine that's some sort of a thing, a park of some sort. It didn't look like it. It didn't. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the laws are in America, so yep. I don't know whether you can just, you know, can you hitch up on a side of a beach? Can you just hitch up on a side of a train track? Yeah, what, I, don't what, know. I don't know. You can't here over in England. No, I mean, I imagine it gets post there. Oh, okay. Because he is settled, isn't he? Yeah. He is, um, it's like a static yeah. caravan, isn't it? Good way to put it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clarence wants to know if his father can use his connections on the force to see if there's heat on him. Meanwhile, we meet Dick Ritchie, played by Michael Rappaport. Huh. Uh, he was on Friends back in the day. Yeah. As was, of course, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Um, as was, of course, was Christian Slater on Friends? I think Christian Slater had a spot on Friends. It'd be weird to think if he didn't. It'd be odd, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, he uh, Michael Rappaport is the guy, that's the cop who uh, Phoebe, Phoebe yeah, lives yeah. with and he shoots a bird. And he's just the same in this. Oh, he's <laughs> he so that? young and excitable, though. He is, isn't oh, he? he's so he's so cute. Uh, <laughs> he's meeting the casting agent, played by Conchata Farrell. Uh, I instantly picked up on who this was. This is Berta from Two and a Half Men. The housekeeper. The oh, yep. yes. Yep. It's a quick audition, which suggests to me it didn't go well, but he says, uh, but he... Meanwhile, we go back to uh, Dad, and Dad says, if you can stay away from Blue Lou, you'll be okay. And he tells him, remember, you got a wife to think about now. Quit fucking around. And Clifford says he loves Clarence. And then they say goodbye, and he offers some money. And oh, I like Dennis Hopper in this. There's way too familiar of a kiss between Clifford and too Alabama. Too familiar. So I, I, call, I made two predictions here. Yeah, okay. Prediction number one, he's going to die. Yeah. Prediction number two, I thought he was one of the other three, uh, one of the other two guys that she oh, slept with. Oh, did you? Because she slept with three. I yeah, thought we were going to yeah, have yeah. like like a, like a Last Crusade thing happen oh, okay. here. I Dad, I was the next guy. Yeah, I didn't think that. And that would explain why he doesn't like her. He's like, she's the call girl I slept with her, like, earlier in the week. It makes sense. It makes sense. Oh, it would, and, but then, but, but then when he went, oh, she does taste like peaches. I was like, okay, no, it's not. No, but why kiss her like that? Is that a character choice? Was that Dennis Hopper? Was that what? I don't know. I have no idea, but you don't. You wouldn't, and he's just like, hey, dad. And she's kind of kissing. Like, she's she kissing him back. It as well, yeah. It's really weird. It is weird because it goes nowhere. No, it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? You just so you get the peaches line, but I'm like. Yeah. You just explain that one away to me a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Odd. Um. So they're going to stay with Dick Ritchie. Uh, yeah, son of a bitch, taste. it was right, tastes like a peach. Uh, they phone <laughs> Dick funny. Ritchie, and he hasn't got the letter yet. Um, he hasn't got the letter yet. He's like Floyd might have it, his roommate. But then they just have spontaneous sex in the phone booth. I like that scene. I bet you do. There's, some, there's <laughs> something in that, though. There's something in this this young, we literally can't keep our hands off each other. It's nice. It is nice. It's tangible. It's great. Literally tangible. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the fact. Maybe he's like, okay, you kissed my dad. Let's. <laughs> let's let's le- reiterate what's let's going sort on of here. reestablish who's <laughs> here right now <laughs> the, all, all the trucks just honking as they drive yeah. by <laughs> it's very sexy it's very exciting it's two people on the run from the mob it's very yeah it live feels, for the moment yeah yeah very yeah. much so back to clifford he comes home and i called this he comes home, and I'm like, yep, this is going to be the mob here. And then he gets punched in the face, and there's, there's a gun in his face and then punched. And then we meet Vincenzo Cacati, played by Christopher Walken. <sighs> his second appearance on the pod. Uh, catch me if you can. That's right. Yep. I was surprised it was just, it was just the two. Mm. Uh, he worked- I love Christopher Walken. Do you? 
I do. That guy is so quirky and so out there. You'd think he'd be uh, not such a a prolific actor mm-hmm. through the years, but actually, he's brilliant. He works for Blue Lou Boyle, uh, Vincenzo Punches, he's heavy, isn't he? He's he's the main guy. He's main, the number two, the right hand. Yeah. yeah, Vincenzo Punches Clifford, and uh, isn't the worst guy. And he's crazy. I mean, isn't the worst guy in the world? I mean, he's quite nice to him. He's quite. They're still being gentlemen to each other. Yeah. And we find out that Clarence left his driver's license at the scene, which I'm like, yep, called it. Yep. Clifford tries to cover, and it's a pretty good story. He explains, look, he says he just got married. He needs money for his honeymoon. I gave him 500 bucks. I have no idea where they're going. And this is where Vincenzo goes. There's 17 different ways a guy can give himself away in a lie. Yep. 21. If you, it's a great little line. Yeah. And doesn't tell you what it is either. No, it's great. And he goes, uh, and at this point I went, hey, one of Vincenzo's heavies is James Gandolfini. Yes. Tony Soprano in The Sopranos. Yep. Um, more of him later. There's some pretty heavy flaunting of the N-word as Clifford talks about the Moors conquering Sicily. And then, hey, yeah, you said 17 ways. You tell him, okay, tell me if I'm lying. It's a great speech. It is, because he knows he's not. And he says, uh, so he, Copper says to him, you're an eggplant. And uh, Watkins says back to him, well, you're a cantaloupe. And then he walks up and shoots him three times in the skull. And he says, I haven't killed anybody since 1984. One of his heavies says, hey, boss, get ready to be happy because the address is on the fridge as to where they've gone. This is called the Sicilian scene by Tarantino. Okay. It was praised by Oliver Littleton of uh, IndieWire, who called it one of the most beautiful tete-a-tetes in contemporary cinema it's definitely a face-off where they're kind of coming at each other with it is and he's got such command and presence i thought oh cool yeah i was i was blown away blown away (laughs) i was blown away like oh my god dennis hopper's just died i thought what are we watching here depart yeah (laughs) he said wonderfully written by made utterly iconic by two virtuoso actors after yeah after being wonderfully written of course by tarantino tarantino's called one of his proudest moments uh direct quote i had heard that whole speech about the sicilians a long time ago from a black guy living in my house one day I was talking with a friend who was Sicilian, and I just started telling that speech. And I thought, wow, what a great scene. I got to remember that. According to Dennis Hopper, the only words improvised in the scene were eggplant and cantaloupe, which apparently Tarantino wasn't a fan of. Oh, okay. Um, following the scene, Hopper was concerned about being shot by walking with a prop gun so close against his head for fear of being burned by the barrel. Tony Scott assured him the gun was 100% safe and even tested himself and put the, had the prop man fire it against his forehead, against to- Tony Scott's forehead. Wow. Um, but upon firing the prop gun, the barrel extended about a third of an inch and Scott ended up on the floor with blood pouring from his head nuts so yeah i think uh, hopper had every reason to be concerned about it well he's been in the business long enough hadn't he yep and uh, going by the the lax gun control in film at that point yep absolutely you know so good that they did a little test of it at dick's place we meet uh brad pitt uh playing floyd the roommate <laughs> he's do you know what he's great in this he is great yep. but do you know what it's such a, a minimal part for him isn't it seventh appearance on the pod uh seven yes uh fight club yep uh i only lied about being a thief oh that sounds familiar those are tony bennett's casinos oh yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, ocean's 11 very good we're here to hunt nazis oh inglorious bastards yep yeah uh oh, i don't know how to do this one the big short uh the big short yeah <laughs> Last one. Ah, the side frame furniture and the matching side back Oh, snatch. Yeah, yeah. My uh, 
my whatever whatever accent they're supposed to have. Mine came out very Irish. Ah, I'm sorry, I'm furniture. <laughs> uh, tied for third of all actors we've had. So oh, Tom okay. Hanks, yeah, Samuel, Samuel Jackson, and then uh, he's one of three guys in third. The other two guys are both Star Wars alumni. Uh, Harrison Ford is one. The other one you're gonna be really hard pressed to get. Uh, Carrie Fisher, no. Uh, uh, Chewbacca, it's you're in the right breath. That is not the voice of a human actor. Oh, oh, um, 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 Earl Jones. Nope. Um, 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 bird, bird, and the bird is a word. I said, I'm a mow, mow. It's you going, I'm a mow, mow, I give up. Uh, the voice of Fozzie Bear himself, Miss Piggy. Oh, yes. Um, don't tell me. Um, 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 Oz. Frank, yeah. Frank, Frank Oz. Frank Oz, the great and powerful. Yeah. Uh, this might not surprise you. Brad Pitt improvised most of his lines. Yeah, I can see Love that. it. Yeah, he's Love good. It. Uh, he found the hat he's wearing in the kitchen sequence on the boardwalk in Venice, California. He took it, washed it, and wore it for the film. Love it. Love it. Uh, Clarence uh, wants to move all the coke in one sale. We find out. We're told there's a guy named Elliot Blitzer who could set him up with a buyer. And we meet Elliot Blitzer, played by Bronson Pinchot. Or Pinchot. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you know this? He was in Beverly Hills Cop. He played Serge. North Americans probably know him as uh, Balky Bartokamus in the sitcom Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers, yeah. Now we are so happy we do the Dance of Joy. Well, do you know what, right? I'd never seen it. Oh, Perfect Strangers. Never, right? But Felicity loves it. She used oh, to really? watch it all yeah. the time, right? And she was singing the song. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you know this? I yeah. went back and rewatched the the uh, the opening sequence. Yeah. It's like a minute and a half long. I'm like, how do we sit I through that? I know. But isn't it funny, though, how she remembers that? And yep. I remember back, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Uh, they shoot the scene where they're talking to him on a roller coaster itself. You a big roller coaster guy? I am. Love roller coasters. Isn't that incredible? Yep. What do they call this shot? You know when they do... Um, the TV was a roller coaster, and then they went to a roller coaster. Uh, graphic match. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You see oh. something, and then the next thing is that. That was cool. Yeah. Typically, it doesn't always have to be. It doesn't always have to be uh, the exact same thing. Sometimes it can just be shapes. You can go from a circle to a circle. But in this case, it'll work just as well. Yeah. A bit like in Apocalypse Now with the uh, helicopter and the, and the fan. fan. Yeah, that's a more traditional graphic match. But in this case, it's just as applicable. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just a bit more literal. Yeah. Uh, the scene on the roller coaster was filmed over two days. Michael Rappaport hates roller coasters. You can see and suffers from motion sickness. Facts which no one knew. So he's not. It's not. It's not Balky. Oh, it's it's the other guy, the guy who shoots the bird. Oh, he hates it. Yeah, no, no. Balky's just acting. Oh, okay. So they are. The crew was prepared for this, and they gave him something on day two to calm his nerves. So if you look at him, because in the background, yeah, you can see on some of the shots he looks completely like ready to throw up. And on the second one, he's just vacant. Like, he's he's not there. Because how many times must they have gone round oh, yeah, to yeah. get the shots? There's a, there's a famous version of it in um, Knocked Up. Not seeing that. Oh, no. The opening credits is about the the, the four stoner guys are all on the uh, on a roller coaster together. And Jay Baruchel, uh, Canadian, is one of the four guys. And he freaks out. And the freak out's not not fictitious oh really That's and real. so some of them it's four and some of them it's three because he refused to go around anymore because wow. he hates roller coasters yeah. and that was what the day shooting was was just them going around the roller coaster and getting like reaction shots oh i'd love that That's brilliant what yeah. about you do you like them uh it's one of those things i gotta i gotta peel the band-aid off so um the, if you can get me to go on one you can probably get me to go on all of them oh okay it's just getting over that first one 
Because I love it's that. the same reason why I hate like oh the bit where you're on. I, go up, I love that climb. Oh, I hate and that. then hanging over the edge and just boom. But what happens is I narrate. I channel my stress through saying what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, we're going. Oh, we're upside down. And I, 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 I just, if you can believe it, folks, I start doing like a, like a deep dive on. We, the, we should <laughs> we should go and write a roller coaster. Try and find a way to record me doing it. Jeez. That's brilliant. I have wondered if I'm too old for that stuff now. No, we'll the only thing I can't do is like spinny things. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, even when I was in the roller coasters, I couldn't do the spinnies. I can't do spinnies. Like the teacups? No, 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 no. no. Um, so there we are. Uh, then we meet Lee Donowitz, the Hollywood producer, played by Saul Rubinex. Speaking of Frasier, he had a role as Donnie from Frasier for about a season, season and a half, oh, okay. which was I didn't recognize um, him. Oh, what was their name? Daphne's guy, Daphne's boyfriend. Is he the guy who talks out of the side of his mouth? He was the guy who was in charge. He's the movie guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a 2008 Maxim article, it was revealed the character of Lee Donowitz was envisioned as a portrayal of producer Joel Silver. Wow. By director Tony Scott. The two had just worked together on The Last Boy Scout. Oh, Scott hated working with Silver during the making of the film, and they both had problems with Bruce Willis. Oh, so Silver everybody. called the making of The Last Boy Scout to be one of the three worst experiences of my life. Uh, when Scott told Rubinek he got Joel exactly right during his audition, Rubinek had no idea who Joel Silver even was. In the article, Scott is quoted as saying, the Hollywood satire is affectionate, but Joel didn't talk to me for a long time after that. <laughs> uh, they speak in code because the, you don't want to be on a cell phone saying what's going on. So they make a deal that they're going to meet at Wednesday at 3 p.m., although Elliot doesn't mention Wednesday. He just mentions 3 p.m. So, yeah, when he gets to the phone, he goes, so, yeah, 3 p.m., there's no mention of it. It's no. going to be Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. slipped that. And I'm like, went back. It doesn't happen. Uh, although this movie is not directed by Quentin Tarantino, it's still considered part of a Tarantino universe. The first clue to this is that the character's name is Lee Donowitz. He's the grandson of Sergeant Donnie Donowitz from the Inglorious Bastards, oh. who I believe is the bear Jew. Yeah. The guy with the bat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, this has been confirmed by Tarantino, but there, that, that is the link. Oh, that's cool. The second piece of evidence is that Mr. White in Reservoir Dogs mentions working with a girl called Alabama. Oh, so Mr. It, White. It, that it was, is part um, of it. Haven't seen it. Oh. Is that Michael Madsen? Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, the two worlds collide. Gandolfini arrives at Dick's place and meets Floyd, who tells them where Clarence and Alabama are staying. And I love how Pitt's not fussed by anything. Yeah. He gives all the information. He's just laying on the couch. Alabama comes home to find Virgil waiting with a sawed-off shotgun in the motel room. Because Clarence, I guess he's off getting burgers. They don't really explain it that well. When, when he, I'm like, no, is he, is he going for the buy? Because it's supposed to be Wednesday. Yeah. Um, after some small talk, Virgil asks where the Coke is and where Clarence is. She claims her name is Sadie. And there's a Pepsi machine down the hall. And he goes, you are too cute. Do me a favor. Turn around for me. Because he takes her, makes her take her glasses off and turn around. Now go the other way. Mm. And so I thought maybe he was going to make a romantic move. No, he I just think he was just trying flat to. Flat out punches her. Oh. And so I give credit to Tony. Uh, I don't know. This would be a very hard movie to make now. Yeah, especially if you were someone who is new. Mm. Like, like Joe Rogan said in the version we saw it. Tarantino gets away with it now because he's been doing it for so long. Yeah. Uh, props to Gandolfini for not holding back. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't. And props to um, uh, Patricia Arquette for being part of this because it feels real. Oh, totally. I was um, squirming. He goes, where's our Coke? Where's Clarence? And when's he coming back? And she goes, okay. And then he looks at her and she goes, fuck you. 
and he slugs her in the stomach. And by the way, by the way Clarence apparently is getting burgers yeah. and talking Elvis with some random guy. Gandolfini, I've got, is great here. I he, think he's fantastic. He, he means scene. everything he's doing yeah. there, doesn't he? She refuses to back down. Uh, Clarence is talking to someone about Elvis and Virgil is monologuing to um, Alabama about how hard it is to kill someone. And now he just does it to watch their expression change. We see Alabama's perspective from a point of view shot as she looks at a corkscrew. Uh, Virgil finally realizes the coke under the bed and finds it under the bed and even laughs and goes, how do I not look under the bed? I'm getting old, which allows Alabama to get the corkscrew and she lifts it to the sky it's like really obvious she's got it, but it's yeah. her last sort of protest. And he then puts the gun away and is like, all right, you want to dance? Let's dance. Why would he do that? He's going to get some sort of joy out of killing her. I guess the idea about shooting her with a gun, he's a big he's a big man. It's too easy. Let's just, yeah. It's also what we call hubris, which is your your, your tragic pride, oh, which, okay. which then leads to your downfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Stabs him in the foot, doesn't she? Um, he, he then goes, go ahead. I'll give you a shot. Yeah, and stick she, me, stick me, stick okay, me in the yeah. chest, and she goes off board and stabs him in the foot. Yeah, and breaks an Elvis statue on his head. Yeah, <laughs> he then throws her into the shower, and like the glass shatters. Oh, well, she, I didn't shatter; that just breaks. She laughs and says he looks ridiculous. And this is tragic flaw number two: like kill her and then check out what you look like. <laughs> Unless he's like he's so it's about him being feared by his victim and not laughed at. Yeah, because she she. She's been defying him all the she's way she's, like, emasculating him in a sense here. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's just yeah. a woman, and he's a big dude, and she refuses to back down. Yeah, and still laughs and sticks fingers up. And- um, so then she sets him on fire with an aerosol can plus the lighter and then stabs in the back with the corkscrew before shooting him multiple times with a shotgun. Fuck. Don't know about Clarence's first kill, but it uh, turns out that but Alabama's was dead easy. Yeah, dead easy. <laughs> Um, they leave the drug. I thought they left the drugs in the room and took off. Apparently not, because they have it in the next scene. Yeah, but I didn't see the drugs come with them. No, I didn't. Unless you don't think I don't know. She's in a bad way. The motel room fight scene between Alabama and Virgil took five days to shoot, and would be very Surprise. important for Gandolfini's career. So, yeah. Uh, Balky, meanwhile, gets a ticket. Uh, he's driving too fast, and then the lights of the car oh, come on. This is funny. And then a woman's head pops up. Yeah, and uh, it turns out she's a call girl, and he tries to get her to hold like literally this bag of coke he's got. And, and she's, she's like, she's like, she's like "I'm not holding it." No, he goes, "Put it underneath you, put it in your purse." She's like, I'm not going down for this. There's no way. Stick it in your bra. Yeah. No, no. And then she hits him with it, and it like it opens, <laughs> and he's coated in coke. And it's a great visual gag. It's a great because the cop comes up and he goes, "I mean, he's basically trying to get her to take the the coke." He's already walking up anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. a great visual thing. I like how he calmly looks at him, doesn't he? Yeah, and goes, yes, officer. Yes. <laughs> we smash cut to him being interrogated by Nikki Dimes, played by Chris Penn. I imagine it's a relative of Sean Penn, but I didn't look he it up. He is, yep. And Cody Nicholson, played by third appearance on Tom the pod. Sizemore. Tom You think Sizemore. I like this fucking hair, man? Do you know the line is, you think I like this hair, man? There's oh, no F-bomb in it. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll I, I know you really enjoy saying it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, third appearance in the pod. The first being, of course. Point break. Point break. The second being? This. <laughs> okay, well, what's the third then? Uh, what are we seeing him in? Oh, I don't know. What's the pool on me up to? What? What's the pool on me up to? What's the pool? I'm a teacher. I teach composition. Oh, is this no? That can't be Whiplash, can it? Nope. No, he that that's a that's a music movie, not an English movie. Composition's English. Oh, is it English composition? Yeah. 
Oh. I see what you mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You don't know? No. What do you think you should do? You don't want to hear from me, Captain. I do want to hear what you think. Should we save this, Ryan? Oh. We're giving you two of the three words right there. Same for Ryan. <laughs> yeah, same Ryan. <laughs> he's, he's the number two, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I got too carried away with it. Do you like this fucking hair, man? You did. <laughs> um, so they bring him the story of the uh, arrest and what's going to happen to him. Uh, he sort of says, hey, it's this guy who's doing this thing. And he sort of repeats the sort of BS story that they were given by Clarence. And he goes, yeah, I thought something was rotten in Denmark. And I'm like, oh, that's twice you've used this now. And it's two different characters. Yeah. And I went, that's a flaw. Mm. That's a flaw. You should not have two different characters saying that. Unless you're going to do the opposite and have like four characters say it in the film. And there'd be some reason for it. Or even just go, what's that about? Because in Pulp Fiction, whenever we do that, the same joke is made by three characters. Yeah. And it's not a good joke. No. But three different characters use it. I go, why is that? Yeah. And we never really settle on an answer, but we at least propose ideas. But this isn't meant to be some sort of postmodern look onto itself, like like Pulp is. Yeah. And True Romance is good. Pulp Pulp's like a masterpiece of oh, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, People in this film, though, names that we know of yep. that became names and were names. Yep. They're not in it for very long, are they? No. Uh, the scene in which Nikki and Cody, played by Penn and Sizemore, interrogate Pinshot, was improvised by the three actors. Oh, that's cool. And basically they say, <laughs> you're going to go to jail, and you're not going to do very well for yourself, and then... Uh, Roll over. <laughs> yeah. And you're not going to be straight when you get out of jail either, because you're not... You're just going to be used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And wear it, a wire. It freaks him right out, and he goes, all right, I'll wear, I'll wear a wire. Yeah. Uh, out at the airport, Clarence is cleaning Alabama up. I mean, her eye is swollen shut. Oh, that's bad. And they decide they want to go to lip. They want to go to Cancun. And Clarence promises everything is going to work out for them. And I'm like, good luck with that. You probably had to give someone your name at the motel to get the room. Where is Cancun? Cancun's Mexico. Oh, okay. yeah. why did everyone go to Mexico? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Just away from U.S. jurisdiction. Yeah it's, yeah, it's the one across the border, isn't it? And you can probably live on the on U.S. dollars really cheap. Yeah. Yeah, so it's accessible by car, so there's no heightened security. Yeah. You're it's ch- easier to go across the border to Mexico than it is to come back, isn't it? Yeah, that's also a rep, because it's Mexican authorities you need to move on that side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, get ready for the deal. Uh, we found out that Dick got the part in T.J. Hopper. <laughs> T.J. Hopper. T.J. Hooker, sorry. <laughs> T.J. Hooker, yeah. I've got it even wrong on my notes. It says T.J. Yeah. Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I know it was a, that was a huge show in the UK. Oh, I love T.J. Hooker. I, nothing. Really? Nothing that I remember I can. Nothing. William Shatner? Shatner, yeah. James Heather Locklear? Like, yeah, like, like oh, I didn't oh, know that. Oh, and um, as, 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 uh, oh, how was his name? Um, Ahmed Aziz, oh, I can't upset. He's um, the lead guy in uh, Grease 2. Not the lead lead, but the other t- leader of the T-Birds. Oh, yeah. He's in that. Um, he goes, to, it's weird. He says, hey, Clarence, this is Dick. Yeah. He goes, and he goes, yeah? And he goes, oh, never mind. I don't know what that was. No. There's nothing we, I, I'm assuming it was cut. Was that ad-libbed, maybe? I don't know why, I don't know why you'd leave it in. Yeah. You can just cut that and the scene goes off just as well. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It is weird. In another hotel room, the mobsters are getting ready. Um... Another one, Elliot's getting ready to wear his wire. The newlyweds tell Dick that Alabama got hurt playing basketball. <laughs> and he buys it. <laughs> yeah. He's so naive. He is very naive. Um, and so they meet up with Elliot. They get into an elevator to go up to the to, to Saul's hotel room. 
And uh, oh, this is a scene in it. And he goes, Elliot, get on your knees, and he threatens to blow him away before he decides not to do it. I and love then Elliot I, hugs him. I love Christa, Christopher, not Christopher, Christian Slater. No, no, that is Chris Penn. I like Chris Penn and Sizemore. Oh, Sizemore's laughing when I love he's, this he's guy. Going, he's going, he's going, he's not going to shoot him. He's not going to shoot him. He's, oh, he's, he's going to shoot him. him. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to shoot him. <laughs> and like, and like, him. Like, I love this Clarence <laughs> kid. <laughs> I love the reaction. It was brilliant. Because I thought he was going to give him up for sure. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, back at Dick's, Floyd is getting high and the Sicilians all come in with back their guns. high. And Floyd gives up the location of a drug deal and isn't phased at all by the guns. No. He's like, do you want to sit down and have something to eat? Yeah. You want to watch a bit of TV? You want to, you want to smoke a bowl? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, all right, they're over here. But you know what? They leave him alone. <laughs> yep. As a temporary music track, uh, film editor Tony Ciccone put Outshine by Soundgarden in the scene. Uh, it was such a hit at press screenings, a good deal with the budget went to obtaining the rights to use the song in the film. Oh, wow. Can't say I noticed, but uh, it's not a song that I know. Didn't they also use a song from Dirty Dancing? Not that I recall hearing and going, this is from Dirty Dancing, but that's me. Yeah. Maybe that was um, another thing. Especially because at that time, Soundgarden would have been current. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it would yeah. be probably never more expensive than it was at that moment. A lot more, yeah. Back at the hotel, they get into Lee's hotel room, and they had a security. I don't know if you noticed this. The blonde guy? Yes. It's uh, Little John from Robin Hood Men of Thets. Is it? Yep. Eric Allen Kramer. Oh. Yep. He's uh, funny because he sort of turns a little bit in this, doesn't he? Yep. And you're like, how is this like movie producer guy or director? You know, how has he got involved with this motherfucker? <laughs> you're just thinking, geez, it didn't yep. seem it didn't it didn't feel organic for the scene that comes up a little bit later. Well, this guy's probably a millionaire, and yeah, so but- he's obviously got people to help him. Do security? I don't know. But it seemed like also the idea that he didn't know they'd do this. No, no, exactly. Uh, Clarence doesn't turn over his gun. Uh, it seems to not be an issue. Lee's like, yeah, it's and fine. And he's trying to tell him, and he's going, but he's got to get, he's, yep. you know, which, and he's like, nah, that's right. He goes, look, I'd rather have a gun and not need it than uh, need the gun and not have it. Yeah. Clarence tells Lee that the movies that win Oscars now are safe coffee table films that taste like dog shit. <laughs> Uh, Lee goes, hey, we park our cars in the same garage. I love that line, and I'm going to try and use it in my life. Okay. We park our cars in the same garage. (laughs) I mean, we share the same opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lee wants to see Dr. Zhivago, which has been used in the the film to this point uh, as a code name for for the Coke. Yeah. And uh, he samples it, and it's really, really good. The mobsters now are in the hotel. The cops are also suiting up, and Lee you takes can see where this is going. Clarence on. outside and wants to know what's going on. The deal's too good to be true. And Clarence comes. He says, "I'm not a professional." And he goes, "I'm this this guy I know. He's a good cop. Nothing's happened." He goes, "But why would he trust you?" And he goes, well, "I bullshitted him." And that's enough for. I thought it was all falling apart. Well, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I think his inexperience lets him carry through. Yeah, because he doesn't try to sell what he is experienced. No. Yeah, yeah. Clarence takes a leak and the cops show up and Lee's security team refuses to drop their guns. You drop your guns. You drop yours. <laughs> and then the Sicilians show up and we have a Mexican standoff and, and Tarantino claims he didn't steal this from anywhere. He said, I hadn't seen any films with a Mexican standoff to this point. No. So this is as much a part of my filmmaking as anybody else's filmmaking. And I'll stand by. Like, Enemy with a State has a big Mexican standoff at the end. Like, you know, you're allowed to have these things where, you know, it was an awesome ballet of death. That's for anyone who's seen The Gunfighter. It was quite weird because, um, what's his name? Pinochet? Did you say? No. Pin- Pinochet. Pin- yeah. Hit. 
I like how he goes. Pinch up, pinch up, pinch up. Can I just leave now? Mm. With the- <laughs> and then he ends up getting absolutely shot to pieces, doesn't he? Elliot gives himself up and the cop to the cops, and that causes the bloodbath because Lee throws coffee on Elliot, and then everybody just starts shooting. Yeah. So don't throw coffee on people. It's salt. It is. I think at one point here, Dick throws up the, the, the suitcase full of drugs. He does, yeah. It, like, explodes with gunfire. Apparently, if you look, it's got, like, a, like an anti-drug sticker on it. Oh, is it? Dare. Dare not. Dare to say no to drugs or whatever it was called. It's weird to have all the feathers as well in this. Yeah, thing. because it's all the all the cushions. Are, yeah, I tell yeah, you what, yeah. it adds something to it. It does. It does. Clarence comes out, hears all the gunfire, and eats a bullet in the eyeball. Like, proper in the eyeball. Proper in the eyeball. I don't know where the exit wound is. No. Uh, everyone dies, I've got in my nose, except for Alabama and Dick. And, and then Ma- I've got and, and Mark Wahlberg. Who? Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> whatever it is. And then I've got in my notes, oh, Clarence is actually alive. And during this point, um, there's a moment where um I think, I think it's Eric Allen Kramer's character still, the head of security. I think he's yeah. still No, there's this this guy, I don't know, there's 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 a black cop who gets shot. And he's like, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. And he sits down and, and you can see dies. the lights go off. Yeah. And then Nicky Dimes, played by Sean Penn's brother, uh, he gets up to do something. And, and he- this depends which version you saw then. So if you see the original cut, the unrated version, uh, Alabama shoots him to death after he shoots the last baddie. Oh. But if you saw the VHS version of this, someone else shoots the cop and it's not Alabama. Yeah, I think it's Alabama I, shoot, I saw shoot. Okay, yeah, so that's the unrated sort of. If you get the V, so the original version in the in the theaters, Alabama shoots. The, yeah. Then the first VHS copies, yeah, edited so someone else does the shooting. Oh, okay. When it came out in DVD and all versions since, Alabama shoots. Yeah, I think that's the one I saw. So it's our own little Han Solo Greedo moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, weird, isn't it? <laughs> um, I wonder why they chose to do that. I don't know. Just to confuse people? To I, think a bit of a talking there, point? I know there were some issues with getting the appropriate rating because they felt that the scene between James Gandolfini and Patricia Arquette was too violent. Well, it and was. Not, and not him. They had an issue of her. Oh, really? They said she comes across as too animalistic. Yeah. Despite the fact that she's being, like, bludgeoned to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thrown through a plane of glass. Yeah. No, I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe that's why they, they swapped that, because it was to uh, satisfy that yeah. rating for home video, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, and so uh, Dick just runs off, and we never see him again. But we, I guess we assume he lives. Yeah. Because we don't see him fall. He yeah. runs. Um, Clarence and Alabama walk out of the hotel. And no one stops them. They take the case of money, and somehow they're able to walk out. Now, there is a standoff or a hostage situation we in the lobby. The other, yeah. But you think one of them would go, hey, you've obviously been involved in something. Stay yeah. put, would you? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. He um, walks by the police. He walks by the fire. And like people. he's limping and he's got like a, a wound in his eye. Yeah, he's got his glasses on. His uh, Elvis glasses yeah. on. But oh, still, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's got like blood dripping down yeah. the side of his face. Jeez. And he's limping. Yeah. With, with, with a suitcase. Yeah. Like a briefcase, which is like typical, like, here's where the money is, folks. I do love her outfit in this scene, though. I love her outfit in all the Oh, that's great, isn't it? <laughs> Um, they head towards the uh, Mexico. So yeah, they go outside. They they get in the car and they head towards the Mexican border. And we have one final voiceover because she was drawing this on a napkin yeah. as she's waiting while the boys are outside talking about why is this deal too to be true? And it just said, "You're so cool." And she said three words kept ringing over and over again in my head during the shootout: "You're so cool." 
and uh, that's why that's why I probably you know I don't want to think what would have happened, but we probably wouldn't have named our son Elvis, <laughs> and that's Patricia Arquette's actual son. Oh, in this little flash forward in the Mexican side, that's really nice. As 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 uh, Clarence is an eye patch, da 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 da. Nick Fury, yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, in the in the other version I've got here, that uh, uh, Nicky Dimes is shot by Toothpick Vic, one of the mafia hitmen. Mm. That was only for the 1993 rental VHS release. Oh, okay. So if you do get the 4K release from Arrow. Uh, you can get both cuts of the movie. So you oh, that's see cool. whoever you want to kill. Uh, Gandolfini as Virgil was so good in his uh, role that that's he right. was invited to audition for the role of Tony Soprano after uh, casting it. director Susan Fitzgerald saw a clip of the performance. And Tony Scott gave Patricia Arquette the purple Cadillac as a gift after shooting that. That's around. cool. I guess that's not so much a slap in the face. That's not. <laughs> that's cool. Thank you. Um... Yeah, uh, let's go ahead. What happened to Christopher Walken? He's all right. He's living his life. But yeah, I know. But such a scene. Yeah, and this movie kind what of forgets all about. Like they never find out that his dad's dead. They no, don't care. No, they don't have to deal with it all. Nothing gets tied up. Nothing gets not at all. Do you know what I mean? He's like, what the? F-? Go on. <laughs> We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Liam, we need a random word, buddy. Uh, Cadillac. Cad- Cadillac. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. This should be fairly speedy. It's just two of us today. Yeah. So we're going to see what we do. Money, money, money. $12.5 million budget. Yep. Uh, 12.5, yeah? So what, yeah. Is it, what does it take home? I think it does. I think it does fairly well. I mean, that's a pretty good movie. Uh, 70 million. 12.6. What the? F- 12.5, 12.6. Really? Yeah. It was not all a, the stars in it, though. Yeah, so this is one that becomes a cult classic after the fact. Oh, okay. And that was the benefit of those, like a mid-level. Like we say it about today. Like the, the, there is no mid-level budget anymore. No, no. You no, either no. do it on a shoestring and you sell to streaming. Yeah. Or you spend one hundred and fifty million dollars, two hundred million dollars, and then you got to make five hundred million for it to break even. Nuts. Or you sell it for a kajillion dollars to the streaming. But there's no middle ground. There's no $50 million budget movies anymore. That's a shame. That's sad. And so of its time, the $50 million is now for $12.5 million. But you could do it because you had rentals. And you could do yeah. it because maybe you could get sales as well. But there yeah, are yeah. other revenue streams that don't exist anymore. Because that's how um, Dave Dancing made their money back, wasn't it? Yep. On, the, on the rentals. Austin Powers? Yeah. The first one? If it was yeah. just theater run, they never would have seen the second one. No. It becomes a hit on home video. Mm. And that, you lose the ability for someone to go, hey, I saw this film. Yeah. Is this? You should check it out. Don't really have that anymore. And without and without video, um, the video X rental market, you watch one film and that was it. Done. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you forgot about it. You, yep. You're just like, geez, you can't revisit something. Yep. That's, isn't it? It is. Um, no awards. Uh, I just wasn't that type of film. Oh, uh, well, so I, like this, I like the screenplay. I mean. Yep, I do too. It's got all the, the elements there. There's a few plot holes, but, you know. Who would you cast as who? You're, you're Christian Slater. Yeah. You are. <laughs> uh, Could you be then? I could be Dennis Hopper, I guess. Yeah. Or I could be Tom Sizemore. I like Tom Sizemore. Yeah, Tom Sizemore. You've got the, the or, humor for him. Or I could do Saul. Uh, not Saul, Lee. Lee Saul was his real name. The, the, the Hollywood producer. I yeah, could do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I think you're more Sizemore. Or I could do Fat Elvis. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> no. Did this film have a villain problem? Yes. Oh, I guess we didn't talk about George or Megs or any of those people. It's only one female character of note. I, I, 
hang on. You said did I have a villain problem? I, I, I jumped back a moment. We didn't cast. Oh, Me- we didn't oh, cast yeah, Megs yeah. or Georgia, oh, Georgia or Ethan. Yeah, Ethan would be. Ethan would dick. be. Yeah, yeah. Ethan would totally be dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know. Oh, oh, I could be Drexel. Oh, he was good. Oh, jeez. No, you'd like to be Drexel. You'd I'd not- like to be Drexel. I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll be his. I'll be his fat sidekick. Oh, no. <laughs> He's your queen, doobie. <laughs> Had too many chicken wings this week. <laughs> chicken wings. Uh, um, villain problem? Not really. If anything, it had like a whole. It had a murderer's row, literally. Of uh, yeah, there was so many though. Drexel I mean, was great. Yeah, it was. It was like it was like a domino effect. Of There's villains. three big ones. There's Drexel. There's Christopher Walken, who obviously could only be there for a day. But he was so He was good. great. And then you got Gandolfini with the physical stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And <sighs> you know what? All three of them are great. They, they All are. three of them are great. I felt Walken had the presence yep. of Menace. Yep. And I felt like um, Gandolfini. Gandolfini. Yeah, I felt like he had. When you looked at his face, there was no happy. There was no sad. No. There was just. This is my job. This, this is it. And he almost gets a little bit of a kick out of it. I like yeah, to see yeah. light go off in yeah, the face. Yeah, yeah. Um, whose story is it? Well, it's theirs, isn't it? Their journey of meeting each other and uh, staying together. Isn't is it, it more him than her? It's more, more him than more her. him than her. Yeah, more him than her. But she's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, without her, you wouldn't have him. What is the story? Uh, in over their head. Don't take the drugs. That's the, that's the moral. <laughs> Leave the drugs at home. <laughs> I think the story is in over your head, and yeah, you get you wake up with the yeah. What do you do with it? You can either run from it, or you can try and turn this into something. Make it something. Although, like all the collateral damage, all like everybody who like we just oh look at him, we raised our son. There's no mention of everybody who's died yes, to make this happen. His, yeah, his father. Yeah. Oh, jeez. All these, all these innocent policemen. Yeah, yeah. If, 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 just think, if, if, if Bronson Pinchot had just like kept his mouth shut, he might have got out of there alive. Yes. All he was trying to do was get out of there before any problems happened, and actually he causes everything. He to causes everything, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, just for uh, anybody who wants to know, the, the helicopter footage that are referred to as the dailies, the dailies are when they shoot, they, sh- they, Send you a copy of what they shot that day. Yep. That's what the dailies are. That's all just helicopter footage from Platoon. I thought just it for was. What it's worth. I've never seen it, but yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Where's Platoon? I was thinking more Apocalypse, Apocalypse now. now. Yeah, no, it's Platoon. Oh, okay. I was thinking Apocalypse. Roller Women? I thought she was vulnerable at moments and she was quirky at moments and she was very strong at moments. She. I thought she was yeah. a very strong female character. The only issue is it was just one of her. That's the only, yeah. if you want to have an issue with this movie, it's that. But yeah. as far as how that individual, that one woman does, great. Oh, great. She is so brilliant. Uh, other big, are there any other big, I've got to say other, because we, we're not doing Muppet the movie anymore. We're just no, trying no, to, no. we're trying to trim some things down a yep. bit and go, when things start to feel like it's more of a chore than fun to do. Yeah. We just go, all right, Tom. Any other big questions this film makes me ask? Well, just, I mean, I guess the idea of, like, do, do they care at all about anybody? Like, are these two just sociopaths? They don't care about anybody else? Well, yeah, because, you know, he's, he's quite okay to go. He's a bit unhinged to be the first place to go, no, he's going to go and kill Drex, Drexel. Yeah. Whoever it is. We also haven't talked at all about, like, he just has these moments in the can with Elvis. Yeah, what's that all about? Is he is he got some sort of yeah psychological? He just shows up twice, on? but that that's it. We never kid it. It's like oh, it's, it's that, a little bit. And that voice uh, in his head of Elvis is telling him to do it. Yeah, mm. I like you. <laughs> I like you too. Um, Rose, uh, uh, favorite character. Go ahead, give me another. 
Okay. Um, I did like Tom Size more for a little bit, but Christopher Walken, oh, oh my God, coming on on set and just being that imposing character. I was like, oh my God, Christopher Walken's in this. I can't remember him being in this. Oh my God, he's going to be brilliant. And then you never saw him. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite character, I love Christian Slater, but my favorite character is Patricia Rocket, Alabama. Okay. She she goes through all the emotions. She's she's quirky. She's funny. She's sad. She's happy. She's all at once, and that's just a ball of emotion. And I love her. Yeah, of the two, Patricia Arquette's my my my, my preferred option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess my my overall whatever. I'm gonna go with Gandolfini. Yeah, I can see that. I think he's great in this. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why he got the part of Sopranos. So, yeah. You know. I just agree. so imposing, but without going to like a shout. Other people would have gone to a shouty place. He doesn't go to a shouty no, place. He goes to a physical place. Physical place, but plays all the dialogue yeah, really, yeah. really straight. And how how brave really is it to write a script like that at that time? Do you know what I mean? And also, if your other two villains have been Gary Oldman yeah. and Christopher Walken. Yeah. How do you doing that? a big speech is not the answer for you no. here. So what do you do? And n- nor is emoting or making trying to infuse it with the right because the character side of things already been done by Gary Oldman. Yeah, the uh, the speechy bit, the speechy look at the writing and how great this is. I'm going to turn this into something. Yeah, has already been done by Walken. Yeah. So what do you do instead? You, Use your size. You're minimalistic, and the lines you deliver, you live in that four to six. You don't mm. need to really go beyond that because no. that's going to be unsettling compared to the other. Make yourself as different as you can. So Gandolfini, yeah, and, which and, is weird because I thought I was going to say Oldman. And and the weird thing is, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, I as much as I I laughed with. Um, Alabama, when she sticks his finger, sticks his fingers yeah. up at him and laughs at yep. him, and all these things, I found it very difficult to watch. That was brutal. You kind of want to go st- stay down. Yeah, yeah, that was brutal. Uh, best moment, best element. Uh, probably other than the Christopher Walken, because I do love that guy. Um, the 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 scene that I found the hardest to watch is the the fight between her and Gandolfini. It's my favorite scene. Yeah. I mean that not like yeah, 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 yeah same. I mean within the context it's, of the film, it's 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 tough to watch. It's tough, especially because the the size disparity. Oh, but yeah, but she she's so good, mm-hmm. so good. Uh, I'm gonna go with the overall level of acting across the board is my favorite. Element. And the amount of people they got, they yeah. got great people, and they all give great performances. There's not one person where I go, oh, I, I could have gone Bronson Pinchot for one of my acting. Mm. I thought he was great. The guy yeah. who played Lee, I thought he was great. Yeah. Well, I, I thought the two cops were great. Brilliant. It was a double act. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. And as I was small, I, I, small I, I, bit. First, I didn't write down the other guy. I thought size more. And yeah, then yeah. as it went on, I went, I can't disregard he, the second guy. He's actually really good. Yeah, Chris Penn, yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris Penn is in um, Footloose. Is he? Yeah. And um, I like Chris Penn because he does a lot until he died. But he, do, he does a lot. Um, he's not as... It's going back to Ridley Scott and Tony Scott. Um, Sean Penn and Chris Penn, two different two different actors. Yep. You know, Sean Penn is another level. Um, I love that guy too. But um, this, what was he talking about? I forgot now. Chris Penn. Uh, I said I couldn't just I couldn't discount the second actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I liked about this and didn't like as well is the fact that um, they had all these actors in it. And they only had bits. Yep. And is this because of the budget? They only had bits. Or was it written like this? I think it's more, probably more so availability. 
Maybe. Yeah, this feels like it's a kind of movie that's more gone for a couple of days. The fact that, you know, Chris Walken went in it more. Gary Oldman you know, was in it more. Gary Oldman yeah. went in it more. You know, um, even Sizemore went in it more because he was funny. Oh, yeah. Seems like he was rubbing in there you know, for like a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I, th- I think I think Christian Slater held this together quite well, but without Patricia Arquette, I don't think I'd have been This held. is like a road trip movie where they skip the road trip part. Kind of. It's just in it? two different locations, but the road trip should have been more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you would have, you would have seen if they'd gone on a road trip, that'd mm-hmm. have been more of a Bonnie and Clyde thing, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean? where yeah. it wasn't really quite road trippy; it was more or a Thelma and Louise thing, and maybe yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what came out first. I imagine Thelma and Louise came out first. Thelma and Louise, yeah, nineteen ninety, and that was Brad Pitt as well, wasn't it? That was. So, yeah. um, I was. Actually, Grumble. Um, the fact that you know they'd bring these characters in, strong characters, and either kill them off straight away, or just not have him show up again. Uh, Christopher Walken was such a, an overpowering presence in this scene, and yet you never saw him again. And that was the only scene you saw him He's in. He's not the guy who's going to go out to California, though, is he? His no, but why bring, why bring a character like that, so imposing, to... I suppose they needed um, uh, Dennis Hopper being the star that he was. Who was also excellent. I mean, he, he really was. And do you know what? He dialed it down. Yeah. It wasn't, apart from the kiss. Because my thing with Hopper is, the thing I know him best from is speed. It, well, he's crazy and he's, 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 a bit, he's, he's like 10. Everywhere's a 10. Yeah. And he yeah. runs away. Like, <laughs> like he's like, on speed. <laughs> it's, it's like he's a, a Batman villain in the 1960s Batman television show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But he dialed down in this. The only thing I didn't no, like. No, he's good. I didn't like the I didn't like the kiss with him and her. How is, it goes nowhere. What the fuck? What was the point? Exactly. There were so many moments that like fe- this, That though. feels like a Hopper choice. It does, doesn't yeah. it? It does. And there were so many moments like this. They were just like, they were setting you up for something and not paying off. Yeah, I'm kind of going the same place you are. Mine's the story. Now, the script, the dialogue is written is excellent because it's yeah. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. It's always excellent. I wonder if he told this out of order, which is the way that he so kind of envisioned it. Like Memento. Yeah, I, or, or Pulp. Like, or you pulp, don't know where yeah, it is. Pulp, it's yeah. not necessarily all backwards. It's just different yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if some of the, the story issues we're having aren't as glaringly obvious. Oh, Okay. So there'd be that. So maybe there's just a lack of cohesion in the final product. Where I'm going, but what about this? What about this? What about this? Maybe they should do a re-release as a Tarantino cut. Yeah, maybe I'm just too used to seeing where Tarantino gets to, and so by looking back now at his very first script, it becomes really obvious kind of what the holes might be. Mm. But yeah, it's weird. It's in a weird though having someone like Tarantino who's got this stamp on cinema history where you watch it and you go. Tarantino. Yeah. It had Tarantino marks all over this film. Yep. And also Tony Scott's mark all over this film. And that's why it felt a bit of a watered down version of um, Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, with, for all its faults, I do love this movie. I'm just looking up some uh, some critics really quickly here. Oh, so critics. Um, but let's do anybody's best role ever. Patricia Arquette for me. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I, I think seen, I like Christian Slater better than other things. Yeah, I do. I do. Especially when he was younger, like in his in like in the mid to late eighties. Um haven't really seen I again, I like him in Interview with the Vampire, but he's got a very short role in Interview with the Vampire. Because you just revisit his interview, doesn't you don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um again, Brad Pitt. <laughs> but um be interesting to know when would that have been about the same sort of time? What's that? Interview, interview vampire? vampire and uh, and this? True. I think vampire is about ninety five. I thought it was a bit earlier. I thought that was a bit. I can find out. I won't be too, won't yeah. be too hard. But yeah, I mean, 
I do like Chris Slater and other things. Christopher Walken, definitely other things. Um, uh, Gary Oldman. Yeah, definitely in other things. But his small role in this is superb. Let's split the difference, 94. Okay, there we are. There we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, anybody else? Uh... No, I mean, I've it's seen, only, it's only our cap, I've really. seen Oldman and better things. Yeah. So I'm not too bothered with that. Michael Rappaport is not in it enough. Brad Pitt's not in it People enough. are not in it enough to, to say, is it? Walken's an interesting choice. Hopper for me. Who I'd have to watch Easy Rider again, but right now I like this. I like, he's dull down. I like him in Easy Rider. Um, I don't like the end, but e- I, Easy Rider freaked me out as a kid. Freaked me out. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that was improvised. Walking, I really like walking in Wedding Crashers. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, but I, I really like walking in um, uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, yeah, walking's good in that. You know, for him, it's a dial back performance. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, that's yeah, nice so though, that. isn't it? To see that dialed back yeah. with him. I also like him in um, Batman Returns. I do. Yeah, but not as a. I like him in it as a presence. I, I don't, see, I don't see, think his acting is as good as what you see. In, I'd like to see him again in Batman Returns. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so there we go. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let's have Liam play the age game. So, hey, you've won. Because <laughs> I'm the only person who knows. Taking away the governors here. Here yeah, we are. Yeah. So let's take a look. Uh, age game. Let's play it. I got uh, five on okay. the roster here. Yep. I think this was Ethan once. Here's the deal. If okay. you can get within three years of yeah. the person, we'll call that a win. Okay. If you're further away than three years. Okay. Was it three or was it two? Maybe we'll, we'll try three. If it's too easy, next time we do something like this, we'll, okay. we'll move it to two. Okay. All right. Christian Slater. Ooh. 20. He's got to be late 20s. Mid to late 20s. 20, oh, 26. Okay. So if he's from 23 to 29, you yep. get the win. Yep. 24. Oh, I've got to win. you got to win. Woo! All right, Patricia Arquette. Uh, ooh. That's hard. 24. 24. 25? <gasps> yeah. I was going to say 24. They're not all going to be easy, because those two are probably the easy ones. Yeah, probably, yeah. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. When was this? Uh, 1993. 93. Uh... 60. Yeah, you got it. 57. Did I? Oh, yeah. come on. Just, just on the edge there. Woo-hoo-hoo. Gary Oldman. Oh, this is tougher. Because he's quite young in this. And then... I don't know. He's, he's always an old man, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like what you did there. Um, 38. Hey, again, just on the... 35. Oh, <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> And then James Gandolfini. Oh, that's harder. 40. You lost that one. 32. Oh. 32. 13 years. Wow. 12 years younger than me. 12 years younger than me. That's nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. I've seen yeah. nuts. Yeah. Uh, he's very good at playing that age of certain age for a certain amount of time, though, isn't he? He's, he's, he's got that look about him where he can, when he's younger, he looks older. And when he's older, he still looks like he did before. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So uh, what do we got here? We've got uh, the critics. The critics, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I see that. 7.9 on the old IMDb. 
Uh, let's take a look at these, he said, looking for what he was previously on. Uh, we've got, uh, let's go with, oh, what the heck? Bud Wilkins from Slant Magazine. <laughs> the varying sensibilities of Quentin Tarantino and Tony Scott come together to fashion one of the cornerstone films of the 1990s. I think they said they liked that. that was a 92, I'm sorry, 2002, uh, comment though. I'm looking for someone a little bit more, um, whatever here. Let's go with... Was Roger Ebert, would he have seen? Oh, he probably would. Oh, yeah, okay. I think I've got him on a different page on this one. Okay. Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian says, the whole thing rattles along like that pink Cadillac that are driving. Purple, not pink. Yeah, I don't know why. It's a, I'm just making sure it's... Uh, yeah, it was, it was their mistake, not mine. Okay. Mark Kermode, actually, he's a big one here in the UK. This is the best film Quentin Tarantino never made. Yeah, yeah. So there we are. It'd been interesting to know if he could go back and remake this or if he had have done this. He said he was bored of it by the time it... That's why he pawned it off, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I'm looking for something rotten here. Uh, let's go with uh, Richard Harrington from the Washington Post. The movie might be stylistically visceral, but it's aesthetically corrupt. It might as well have been called Pump Up the, the Volume. <laughs> uh, and then finally, I'm hoping... Roger Ebert. Eeps. I'm gonna I'm just loading it up. I'm going all the way to the bottom here. Consent. Come on. Yep. You can have the cookie. Just give me the uh give me what I want. What are cookies? Uh cookies? It's like something that's something that saves information that's saved for the next time you visit so you don't have to uh they they remember who you are, so next time you access the site, it's like one less step you have to go through. Oh, okay. For the most part they're okay, but anything that tracks you is uh is a bit weird. Oh, okay. Roger Ebert says, There isn't a moment of true romance that stands up under much thought. <laughs> and yet the energy and the style of the movie are exhilarating. Christian Slater is the kind of cocky recklessness the movie needs. And Patricia Arquette portrays a fetching combination of bimbo and best pal. The supporting cast is superb. A roll call of actors at home in their violent waters. Would you be surprised if I revealed that the figure who Christian Slater... Um, receives uh, heartfelt advice from from time to time is in fact the ghost of elvis presley you would not then you'll find yourself right at home here oh that sounds like a good review three to four stars yeah so uh then i've got uh our critics our critics our friends of the podcast i'm just jumping between so many apps on my phone dude right now. you're doing so well uh, <laughs> like seriously imagine if this was me is this a great film good film oh or okay film the answer is 52% call this a good film. 38% call it a great film. So if you look at our bait, beat room metric, 90%, oh. but 52 say good, not great. Yeah. Uh, 7% say okay, and 3% call this poor. I'd be very curious to hear from that person as to why they went that direction with it. Do you think, though, it's because we know Tarantino is what he is now, and it's, like I said, a watered-down version of Tarantino? It hasn't got quite the sharp edges. If you're going in this looking for a Tarantino film, you will be disappointed. Yeah. I think, think that's why. And I think the problem is there's just enough of them here to go, oh, I want this to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shy Burgerfreund, the Shy Guy. Shy Guy. Says, I'm absolutely so happy. I'm so happy you're reviewing this film. Absolutely one of my favorites. I can pretty much write a long essay on every scene in this movie and describe how great it is. But I'll try to restrain myself. 
I would say that early 90s Christian Slater was brilliant in this, as well as Patricia Arquette. 19-year-old mm. Shy had a huge crush on her after this film. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. Yeah. The supporting cast is nothing short of amazing. They steal every scene they're in. I would say that. You can make the argument the supporting cast is better in this than, than, the, than the two main actors. Yeah. Yeah. And as a whole. As a whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the Dennis, uh, I want to highlight my my three favorite scenes in this movie. The Dennis Hopper speech is just captivating. I can watch it over and over again. The scene with Gary Oldman, this is where you really find out how much of a badass Clarence really is. But I think he just gets lucky. The last yeah. one is the scene where James Gandolfini beats up Alabama. Yeah. It's kind of the three scenes we hit on, isn't it? Yep, yep. Such a visceral scene. I I felt every punch and every hit. Both Arquette and Gandolfini are amazing in this scene. What a ride. I felt, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. All right. And then we've got um, Dirk, who says, what's a Drexel? <laughs> I love this movie. I wish Tony Scott could have adapted more, could have adapted, or directed more Tarantino scripts. Adds the action to the dialogue. Hmm. Yeah. And then finally, I think it is Richard who says Tarantino and Scott Styles collide like two monumental locomotives smashing together at high speed. The result is undoubtedly enthralling, but kind of messy. I'm going to steal that, Richard. Yes. Uh, for all its violence, it is bouncy and sweet tone of a fairy tale at times, helped along by that wonderful score ripped wholesale from Badlands. Arquette does so well to lend an easy, charming effervescence to a character that's ostensibly a 13-year-old boy's wank fantasy made flesh. <laughs> Dude's nailing this. He is, isn't Dude's he? Dude's nailing this. Yeah, absolutely. A woman who instantly falls madly in love with an annoying basement-dwelling nerd, obsessed with comic books and kung fu movies, and is too happy to bore anyone around the death of his encyclopedic knowledge of both subjects. Where, I wondered, did Quentin Tarantino find the inspiration for such a character? <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> the runaway lovers are the focus, but it's the side characters portrayed by... A deep bench of great actors and Michael Rappaport <laughs> stand out. That's very funny. The vile hopper walk-in scene is deservedly reserved. Just two heavyweights going at it. Yeah. In fact, all the stuff with the dad is pretty good. Mm. Gary Oldman turns up for a bit as a little freak doing a weird voice as he's wont to do. Brad Pitt's hilarious stoner lovingly clenching his bong while being interrogated by gangsters. Gandolfini getting some early practice playing a horrible piece of shit in the movie's hardest to watch scene. It's all good stuff. Great actors with great lines to munch on. I love Tony Scott so much. Whenever I watch one of his movies, particularly his later work with Denzel Washington, I get incredibly sad we didn't get more. I'm sure a debate around the changed ending will come up, and as much as I enjoy a sad, horrible ending, the right call was made in this case. Fairy tales end in happily ever after. And there's the mark. Do you know, that's the sort of thing you would write. That's very you eloquently might, You might be giving me some credit here, because that was fantastic. That was brilliant, wasn't it? That was fantastic. Yeah. Well thought out. Richard, Richard. Yeah. Richard, yeah, I like Richard. Yeah. I like all our patrons, but uh, our it's, Patreon it's backers. Nice to hear. But Richard brings a level of, I think we've each got kind of, there's, there's certain Patreon backers who you think lean towards certain people. I, I'd be very curious to hear Richard's thoughts on this now that I'm putting myself out there. I think maybe Richard and I are the most like-minded as far as his perspective goes. Um, yeah, like Dwayne in Georgia, like T cars in a garage, and you got Her Well, Hermes claims to be an Ethan guy. <laughs> Hermes is not. We yes, Richard and I park our cars in the same garage. <laughs> You're 100 percent right there. You're 100. percent That's what I'm trying to say. Thank yeah, you for that. See, thank you for that. <laughs> Interesting. I like that. All right, so that is that. So all that's left to do is talk about uh, oh, shoot, the fledgling, the fledgling. 
There's not as many of those on this one, I don't think. What do we have here? AJ says, I chose good. Although violence is tough to watch, it was gritty and rough. As we watched the opening credits, we were excited to see there's people in it, a.k.a. actors we like. The romance part of it was brilliant and unbelievable, sweet and true. And she would give it a 7 out of 10. Pedestrian at best say, it's a good film with some iconic moments compared to the other screenplays. And certainly as a filmmaker, it's just upper mid. Carlos says, revisited it last year after probably 20 years, and it held up pretty well. It features both of Quentin Tarantino's and Todd Tony Scott's distinctive trademarks of tense yet cleverly written dialogue, as well as excessive hyperviolence and slow-motion action scenes. I found myself enjoying the Tarantino-esque bits of it more than the uber-violent excesses of Scott. Carlo, I'm going to challenge you on that, because if you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Inglorious Bastards, there's nothing, or Django, Django. There's nothing but uber violent third acts in those movies. Yeah, absolutely. Especially once time in, in Hollywood. Yeah. The cast is great, even in small doses. Gary Oldman steals his brief scene, and Slater and Arquette have great chemistry. A, cool, a fun, cool film. I'm with you on that. It is, they have absolutely fantastic chemistry. Mm-hmm. And Nostalgia Cast says, My first encounter with Tarantino, and needless to say, it blew my mind 30 years ago. Uh, I think Scott streamlining the narrative is a mistake since QT's patented innovative time jumps would have distracted me from the movie's luridness, but I still love it. Thank you very much, everybody, for your uh, your your additions here. So uh, one last critic. Uh, according to Quentin Tarantino's audio commentary on the DVD release, he was happy the way it turned out. Apart from change of a non-linear narrative he wrote to a more conventional linear structure, it was largely faithful to his original screenplay, but he did oppose director Tony Scott's decision to change the ending, which Scott maintained was his call and not the studio's. Mm. Tarantino says, I remember coming to him very impassioned and saying, Tony, don't change the ending. Not for commercial bullshit reasons. You're the man that made revenge, and I love revenge so much. And she dies in the end of revenge. It's what makes the movie so romantic. Tony was able to combat me very passionately on his points and said, Quentin, I'm not doing it to make a Hollywood movie. I'm doing it to try and turn it. I'm doing it to, to try. I'm not doing it to try and turn it into something that it's not. I want to do it. It's not for commercial reasons. I want to do it because I love these two kids, and I want to see them get away. The original ending, he's supposed to die. Oh, okay. I wanted I'm to glad be he, tough. I'm glad he didn't. But I don't know what it is about Tony Scott, but I'm a complete pussycat in his hands. Aww. And he could probably talk me into doing anything. Now, I got to say, I think Tony's ending is better for the movie Tony made. Yes. So, yeah, originally Clarence would die in the gun battle, leaving Alabama a widow. Um, that would then cause Alabama to turn to crime and join with Mr. White, which would then explain why in Reservoir Dogs he's asked about Alabama. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but like we said, a scene in the completed film, he realized Scott's ending was better for Scott's film. Because at the start, they basically go, I never would have thought it would have been this. It's just her voice. So the, the question yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, asking yeah. from the start is, oh, yeah, is why? he going to get out of this? Yeah, she is. yeah. But yeah. she's very vague about true romance in Detroit, when actually Detroit's got very little to do with it. Yeah. If you like this film or episode, you would like, well, do any of the Tarantino stuff we've done. Yeah, absolutely. And then any of the Tony Scott stuff we've done. Oh, so we've yeah. done uh, Once Upon, no, we haven't Once Upon, I'm Hollywood. Uh, we've done Glorious Bastards. We've done Django. Yep. Top Gun. We've done Top Gun, which is Tony Scott. We've done Crimson Tide, which is Tony Scott. Days we've done Thunder. Days of Thunder, which is Tony yeah. Scott. Less violence in uh in Glorious Bastards, you said that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there we go. Okay. So time for our ratings. Just two of us today. Yeah. Where are you going with us? Okay, well, is this a great movie? No. Is this a good movie? No. Oh, wow. But you know what? 
is slithered in there, right smack bang in the middle between a great movie and a good movie. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Um, it doesn't quite get there as a great movie. And I think it's because it has all the Tarantino-esque-ness to it. It has the Tony Scott-ness to it, which you think would bring it to being a great movie. But actually, and with all the cast in it as well, it sounds like it's going to be a juggernaut of a movie. But actually, there's some really sloppy parts and there's some really bits that don't really make sense. Um, characters come and go. There's a lot of characters. Don't get me wrong. Loved them all. But it didn't really go anywhere. Um I do like the 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 cinematography of this, um, the the visual effects of this. I do like the standoff. I do like the keep you guessing: is he going to survive? Is he not? Like you said, the the um, overture, not overture, the, uh, the the voiceover, voiceover narration. You don't hear him; you only hear her. And when at the end you see he yeah. gets the bullet in the in you know, t- to me he's dead. Yeah, you know what? A, what? A, <laughs> Pretty unlikely going to survive that. Yeah. yeah, 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 you know. And um, Tony Scott, bless him, um, I'm glad he took that route because I too was rooting for both, I <laughs> was both rooting for both of those to, to get away. And I'm glad, I quite liked the them crawling away, creeping away with everything else going on in the background. I thought that was quite clever. He's the guy with the eye injury, but they were blind to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> clever, nice. So um, I enjoyed it. If not more this time round than I did the first time round, I still loved it the first time round. Didn't really remember much too about it, too much about it. But I'm going to say, with what I've said, it's not a great move, it's not a good move, it's somewhere in the middle. So I'm going to go eight roller coasters of characters that I love out of ten. Wow. I like it. It's a fun movie. Messy but fun. Yeah, I forget. What do you think? I forget what Richard said, but I was 100% on board with it when I'm stealing this. It's. Uh, Didn't he say it was uh, I mean, messy? Messy is definitely a right word for this. Um, I don't mean this in a bad way. No, 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 no. Just. Um, it's almost about to try and crescendo, and it doesn't quite make it. Undoubtedly enthralling, but kind of messy. Yeah. Um, the acting performances are great. The writing, oh. it's weird. It's a movie that has all these things, and I go, these things should all add up to this great film, yeah. and I'm with you. It's not a great film. No. But it's almost a great film. Yeah. It's that roller coaster. It's climbing that. Yeah, and I'm wondering what it's like if if I saw it 30 years ago and I'm wondering what it's like if I wasn't going Tarantino and had such high expectations I don't want this to be the the, the Pixar debate where yes. the, the standard for Pixar films are so high but if you get one that's just kind of all right yeah. we go oh it's a four no no it's just not it's the Star Wars debate yeah 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 it's not it's, it's not like just with, it's not a great Tarantino film but what is it still doesn't mean it's a bad film without any Tarantino movies and watching this first if I could have if I could have you know um I'm eternal sunshine to myself on Tarantino films <laughs> yeah. how would I feel about this yeah exactly yeah um there's some bits which are a bit try the eldest thing's a bit weird what's that about I yeah. don't know what that again about. that doesn't pay off What's that about? I think acting wise, these two get their lunch handed to them by those around them, and that's okay because the chemistry they have with each other is it's, enough to, and therefore makes it seem lovely. like these two need each other because they kind of do in this movie. Yeah. So I, I add that, add that around. Um, but overall, it just feels like it misses that final hurdle, whatever it is. 
You're just going. It, it does, yeah. Huh. And I just, I did want them just to care a little bit about everybody who dies just so they can be together. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying you have to, like, turn yourselves in, but just have a little bit of a moment where yeah. like, this guy's going to be really upset when he finds out his dad's dead. You know, why can't he have named his kid after his dad? Probably doesn't know yet. It was three and a half years last time. Wow, yeah, true. So I guess I'm going to give this seven and a half years until you realize, oh, my dad's dead out of ten. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, interesting enough, uh, where did our Patreon backers put it? Actually, if you put it all in the blender, nine out of ten. Wow. The first two reviews were tens. Wow. And then Richard came back with a seven. Oh, well done, Richard. And I think... Yeah, I think like I said before I even saw the score, I was making that comment, and then I saw the score, and I was like, "Yeah, we're we park our cars in the same garage." Yeah, I'm gonna try and use that as many times as possible. That's cool. So there, we are. so that's where we go. So we put it all in the blender, and it's gonna come out somewhere around eight point one three. Yeah, which is where, uh, which uh, you know, I'm it's very close to your rating. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're the voice of the overall rating, overall, the voice of the yeah. people. I mean, no one really yeah, they, yeah, they, no. they outdistanced us. Yeah, two tens. Wow. It's interesting about when you saw this film for the first time, I guess, and what sort of impact it had. I don't have enough memories of the first time I watched it. I remember how I felt. Yeah. I just couldn't, like, when I was watching it again with my girlfriend, I I was like, whoa, I was so surprised when my my, my, my friend said it was her favorite film. Yeah. And then I watched it. I was like, really, this? So I I need to ask her, what is it? I love, I love the fact that she, she, there's a, a, you know me, I like like fights where (laughs) I like, there needs to be a room for all sorts of stories. And I believe that the heavy wouldn't bring the female version of the heavy to beat up the girl. I no. believe he'd beat up the girl. Yeah, yeah, And I yeah. love that she gives it back to him. I was brave him. enough, yeah. Yeah. And and I love that, that that there's a bravery in the way that's told. I don't know if we'd do that today. True. I don't know if we would. True, true. And so I appreciated that. And that part of that is Arquette's performance in that nature. Oh. Because it made you really realize there was a threat against her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, at various times you thought one, either one of them were going to be dead and they're just two dumb kids that when they get older will realize just how dumb they're being. Yeah, and how lucky they were. But they're too young to realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's live something fast, in, die young, leave live, a living corpse. corpse. And there's something to that, but yeah. it's just uh, not that. Uh, let's go ahead and say one more time uh, a giant thanks to our Patreon backers Julene Hermes James Guzman Lena Oberholzer Anthony and Davies Chris Peterson Randall Silva Dwayne Smith Dwayne Smith The Yeatmeister Reverend Bruce Nate the Great Andy Dixon Holly Callan Cheesy with a fish on a bike uh, our resident curmudgeon and equal voice of reason Richard uh, <laughs> Ryan Kukets Dirk but his friends call him Diggler Stu from the Stu World Order podcast and Norfolk Dom if you too want to know how you can be involved you can help us determine where this film's rating lands next week you can find out all the information there you can get in the door for as little as three british pounds it's five u.s dollars five u.s dollars four u.s dollars i don't know the conversion rates are up there go check it out <laughs> patreon.com slash bfe what's the indian we kept it simple for you i think it's four bucks canadian uh, american five bucks canadian six bucks australian that's i think how it works out okay i think and yen 541. Oh, well done, we Um, So uh, that's that. Patreon.com slash BFE. Now it's got Q Liam. So I got to take a video here Ooh. of Liam. A video as I do this. Okay. All right. So next week, we are going to be joined by BFF of the BFE, Julene, hey, making her long awaited return yeah. to the podcast. Uh, and she is brought to us. We're doubling down on Quentin Tarantino. It's a oh, QT double feature. Ooh. So he wrote the last one, but he wrote and directed this one. Is this a later movie? It is a later movie. 
Hateful Eight. We're doing the Hateful Eight. God, that's a long movie. Samuel L. Jackson's going to make Dude. his way to 10 films and tie Tom Hanks oh. on the top of our list. Nice. So, have you seen it before? I have. Yeah, it's a long movie. It's a long movie. I did a guest spot on Ed from the, the Film Effect podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I talked about this movie. And so I'm like, all right, I'm trying to avoid looking at my phone because it's telling me touchdowns are happening. I don't want to know what it is yet. So I'm trying to do that. But next nice. week, we'll be joined by Julene. We could have more of the group with us. It depends because we're starting at a regular time. So maybe everybody can make it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, see. Yeah. we'll see who can and who can't. Cool. But uh, no, it's going to be really, really good uh, to talk about The Hateful Eight. Look forward to it. All right. So uh, that's it. Next week, we're doing the Hateful Eight. So, Liam, I can't believe this. We kept it under three hours. Wow. Look at that. Look at us. There we go. We're on fire. I got nothing else to add. See, it, it is Hermes. Who's the yeah, bad it is. Influence. It is. So it's See? not me and you. If Hermes was on it's with not, us, we'd be, hey, we'd be halfway last through. Last I checked, we have Megs or Ethan or Drew. They're always over this. Always. always. Clearly, it's not Jeez. us. No. No. There we go. So, with that in mind, please join us next time when we do. That thing you do? No, not that thing you do. Please join us next time when we tackle. That's the word I'm looking for. I always use that one. When we tackle the Quentin Tarantino penned and directed Mm -hmm. film, The Hateful Eight. For best film ever. And I've been living. And you know what? We kept under three hours this time. And I know there's people who love it when we go well north of three hours. I know. But hey, maybe I got a bit of Scott, a Tony Scott, because much like him, I just wanted to see those two crazy kids get away safely. Aww. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. <laughs>